Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Get your clogged fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over to purchase. Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Out here in the fields, I fought for my meals. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself? How that could possibly happen. How one anyone could be that irresponsible. The breaking news that we're following, classified government documents found inside one of President Biden's private offices. Absolute son of a bitch. Classified material. Next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? My Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there. I doubt it. You are fake news. Come on, man. Give me a little break here. Very fake news. That was four days ago, five days ago. You're a very, very silly person. You shouldn't die. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I have to disagree with that. All right. America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly. The very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Have you uh, checked your garage for classified information from Biden's tenure as vice president? It's, it's filled with classified information. Who knew? I mean, at this point, if you haven't looked yourself, everyone listening, odds are pretty good there's some classified info from Biden's tenure as vice president in your garage. Yeah, so yeah. have a look. If you find anything, hand it over to the DOJ, the National Archives, the appropriate authorities. It's right uh, next we'll... to my prized Corvette. <laughs> Do you have one? A classic one. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll break down the week's developments in Top Secrets and what to make of it. What's really going on here? and who's Who's pulling the strings? Is this what it appears to be at face value or is this some sort of op? And I don't want to fall into the trap of believing that everything is an op these days, but uh, everything probably everything is, is an op. op. These days, yeah. <laughs> so what kind of op is this? We'll try to figure it out. Speaking of ops, the uh, ATF is inventing new ways to give you the Waco treatment. Do you have a pistol brace on any of your guns? Well, they might be sniping your wife and kicking in your door soon over it, or at least that's what they would like you to believe. Court battle pending. But yes, once again... Uh, the alphabet agencies are inventing law based on administrative whims and threatening you if you do not comply. We'll check in with that. The cousin of a Black Lives Matter co-founder dies after a police encounter in L.A. Early in the week, you were supposed to believe that this was another racist bloodlust incident, uh, racist cops striking again. Then LAPD released the footage. Shockingly, it turns out uh, this was a sequence of poor behavior that created the situation 
that made the uh, what turned out to be a fatal tasing necessary, including uh, several crimes committed against other people prior to the tasing. So he jogged his way right into a tasing is what you're telling me. I wasn't going to make any inappropriate references. I I have seen the footage. There was jogging involved and we will we will view what Susan allows us to view later in the show, including uh, he's claiming they're trying to George Floyd me. And I'm thinking, yeah, you are high out of your mind. You are getting George Floyded as we speak. So we'll check in with that. Plus, uh, we have hoax hate, of course, and tonight's movie review is Pirates of the Caribbean, even though I say Caribbean in every other context. The Curse of the Black Pearl, as in the original movie from 2003. So stick around. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good lowdown money grabbers. Of course, it will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Hero Soap Company. Do you love freedom? Do you love being clean? Then you'll love Hero Soap Company, made in the USA. Chemical and fragrance-free. A portion of each purchase donated to veteran and first responder charities. Initial subscription purchase is matched bar for bar and sent overseas to deploy troops. Let freedom clean. Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company, not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only are you supporting military service members at home and abroad, not only do bald eagles circle you in admiration of your patriotism, but when you subscribe... Hero will send their soap to your door each month so you never have to remember soap at the store again. And if you're not a bar soap person, no problem. Hero also offers their soaps in a liquid form as well. Hero Soap offers listeners of this show 10% off all their products using promo code MCLISTENER. That's promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off everything from our friends at Hero Soap Company. You can find everything you need from Hero Soap, plus other great deals from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Western Razor Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners. For listeners. We had, uh, well, the, uh, the most active meetup group, I would say. It's back at it again. Just last month, they had their beach vacation i forget which city i think that was in melbourne wasn't it i forget which city they were in but their beach vacation where they all met up in december and uh we got to we got to join the party for a little bit and we had a picture from that well back they're back at it in january radicalized with hand signs and arm gestures are the uh the melbourne group i presume this is a couple doing this heil hitler you know why i appreciate this Yeah. yeah That is a life-ruining gesture that they're doing. <laughs> their faces out there for this show, and for that, yeah. I thank you. Although that I is, do appreciate uh, this, that is dedication. You're right. You know what, what else that? is uh, dedication? I don't know. I think Susan says this is okay, but um, of course, we appreciate not only listener meetups, but uh, the development of life skills, which would include if you have your own family farm operation. And down in Charlotte, they had a meetup that included. The uh, processing of a pig at the family farm, which uh, oh, they're slaying a hog. Is that Stacey Abrams? 
<laughs> we'll get to her in a, in a minute. Uh, I don't, I, I, I checked and Susan says if you show dead animals in the context of food processing, it's fine. So Susan what? says it's okay. If Susan has a problem Never. with it, I appeal to the man on the left's Juneteenth celebration shirt. Okay. <laughs> do, do not look at the dead animal. Look at the Juneteenth celebratory t-shirt okay. and have mercy okay. and sympathy for us, Susan. Uh, very cool. You guys, congratulations, uh, on the farming operation and the, uh, and can, and thanks for having the meetup. Thanks for sending us a picture. Of course, uh, if you would like to meet fellow listeners of the show in your area, you can do that on the community page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash community. And uh, you can find the form with everybody's uh, info and have cool meetups like these. And maybe you get, uh, I don't know, a free pork chop out of the deal or something like that. Also, be proud of me. I got uh, I got a hit piece in my local paper after the speech at the January 6th vigil last week. Or at least that's the way I'd like to present it. Headline, local Bozeman insurrectionist gives impassioned speech at nursing home. This in the uh, local Bozeman Daily Chronicle. I like the way that I was quoted. January 6th, more like January 6 million. (laughs) With a photo of me in my Hitler costume speaking before all the olds. Oh, all the olds. Of course, this is only fantasy. Uh, high effort artwork by listener Tom, which I appreciate. Thank you, Tom. And uh, I think that Tom's artwork is much better than the new artwork featured in what is it called? Boston Common. Dude, uh, I had to look at this because it looks like a dude going down on a woman. It looks like many have seen things <laughs> depending on the angle. And then I kept thinking if I like looked at it from another angle, it would make more sense. But like I did a full 360 yeah. on that bitch and I, I don't know what's going on with this. Well, of course, it is a holiday weekend. Tomorrow, Monday, is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And ahead of the holiday weekend, the city of Boston unveiled a large new sculpture at Boston Common, which is America's oldest city park, to honor Martin Luther King and his wife, Coretta Scott King. It is a 20-foot-long, it's it's, it's a 20-foot-long, 26-foot-wide, you be the judge. Here is the unveiling. see that is the that is the going down on a chick angle i think or i'm i'm (laughs) you were thinking in this too right that's that was the common that was the common interpretation from that angle was uh do i have that angle in a still frame maybe oh yeah this this angle it looks like uh like a man performing uh a gesture of love in the the nether regions of Oh, okay. God, could you phrase that in a grosser way? <laughs> uh, from an, from another angle, it totally looks like a butt, though. Like somebody, yeah, yeah. like from behind. I guess this would be the other angle of the gesture, the the gesture of love, Gra- <laughs> grabbing the butt. Mm. Uh, from another angle, though, it does look very phallic. Uh, it looks like someone huh. sent uh, a dick pic. So you you be the judge. What it's supposed to be. What it's reported to be is a sculpture depiction of the hug that Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife shared when he won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964. It is supposed to capture this photo on your screen, but the figures hugging don't have bodies or heads or anything else that would make it look reasonably human. It's called the Embrace, the name of this uh, 
this He's actually whispering in her ear, I have sex with white prostitutes. (laughs) Historically accurate, huh? It's uh, a $10 million sculpture, my sources say. And uh, now, now, this it claims to capture this photo. I forgot. There's one more interpretation. I my sources say this is actually a nod to uh, the giant horse penis of Michelle Obama. That's what's actually depicted. And I, I don't think that I can show this meme on YouTube, which is just it the is sh- the most disgusting thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. It it's it's just the statue superimposed over a, a giant muscly Michelle Obama body. But because it looks so phallic, I'm pretty sure Susan would not allow it. So I had to censor it anyway. Uh, $10 million sculpture of hideousness designed by Hank Williams, Thomas of the mass design group. Okay. The ass design group. You well, see myself ex- out for that one. That was one really extra lazy. letter. I appreciate that one. Hmm. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, disgusting giant fat things of color, <laughs> Stacey Abrams appeared on Drew Barrymore's new daytime talk show this week in part to tell a story about how a college boyfriend broke up with her for saying that she'd end up alone and lonely one day. But since uh, she has maintained a spreadsheet of all of her accomplishments to prove him wrong, now CBS is very hawkish about the uh, copyright on this clip. So please excuse the video presentation, but here's the exchange. You have an Excel spreadsheet that you've been keeping since you were a teenager. Will you please tell me what that means and what that is? When I was in college, I fell in love with a boy who was mean to me. Well, he broke up with me and he said that I was too ambitious and wanted too many things and I would end up alone and lonely. So I got really mad. I was like, fine, I'm going to figure out all the things I'm going to do to make him rue the day that he was mean to me. I went to the computer lab at Spelman and I did a spreadsheet and I laid out all the things I was going to accomplish and all the ways I was going to just be fantastic and magnificent. And I don't know if he's ever going to see it, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, 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 I'm doing okay on my spreadsheet. <laughs> hmm. You know, he was clearly right. <laughs> the uh, Twitter response is, that was the common theme. Nailed it. Correct diagnosis. Accurate yeah. forecast. Well, Stacey Abrams. A giant bullet. Yep. Uh, she did not elaborate on what these uh, accomplishments in the spreadsheet are. But of course, outside of a stint in the Georgia State House, I see a single, childless, nearly 50 year old woman who has lost multiple political races consecutively. Ugh. So, sounds like that guy was correct, to your point. But I find this fascinating just from the psychology, uh, the psychological perspective or the psychology of it. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's the simple way to phrase it. She's so pathological about rejecting the basic truth that family and, and motherhood will bring happiness that she maintains a decades long document to try to disprove that simple truth. And she brings up drama yeah. from 30 years ago, all to convince herself that she's actually right. And the fact that she can't let it go just demonstrates that she clearly is not. And how was he mean to her? I mean, I assume that that's the worst thing he did tell her the truth about why he's breaking up with her. Yeah. The I, I don't know. What an asshole. It seems like he was really upfront and <laughs> had good insight about what was going on. So. I hope that guy is sitting somewhere comfortable, drinking a beer, watching that clip, laughing to himself with, I know. you know, his lovely wife and his six kids by his side. I hope that's the way that story ends. Me too. 
Well, uh, I and we have been pretty harsh on new House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in recent weeks, and I stand by that harshness. However, I, of course, will allow him the opportunity to impress me. One way to do that would be to release all of the January 6th security footage from the Capitol. Asked by a reporter this week if he would do that, McCarthy says he needs to be thoughtful about it, but his inclination is yes, he will. And last Congress called on Speaker Pelosi at the time to release the, the adjacent Capitol Hill security footage of all things that happened on that day. Is that something that you'd be interested in doing? Yeah, I, I think the public should see what has happened on day. I've watched what Nancy Pelosi did, where she politicized it. I think the American public should actually see all what happened instead of a report that's written for a political basis. And so uh, I think the answer. Yeah. We're looking through that. I want to be very thoughtful about it. But yes, I'm engaged to do that. In a yeah, I don't know. I'm sick of getting blue balls from all these politicians. Do it or don't do it. Um, but I'm not going to get all excited. But if he does, you know, I'll walk some stuff back. He was supposedly firmer in speaking with Republican members of Congress. There was a, an interview Tuesday, Matt Gates speaking with Charlie Kirk. And Gates says that um, that McCarthy has promised to release the footage to these Republican members of Congress. So not as though a politician's promise has never been broken before, but that's a, that's a great step and a meaningful difference in a McCarthy led Congress from the prior one. And I hope he does it. And I will give him credit. If he does, there are roughly 14,000 hours of recordings that exist that have not been seen publicly. 14,000 hours. Well, Chan can take care of that, right? Yeah, it'll take them about one hour to have uh, an entire novel written up summarizing every second. Yeah. Yeah. The labor to process this information will not be a problem. Well, uh, (laughs) I don't even know how to introduce this story. Um, But we have uh, yet another entry in the chronicles of chick cops. And this time it's not just criminals running away from them with ease or a chick cop accidentally shooting a guy when she was trying to tase him. This time, it's an entire police department running train on a chick cop. Uh, Or at least many members of this particular police department. Uh, This is Laverne, Tennessee. Five police officers have been fired and three more are suspended. After an investigation now made public reveals 26-year-old patrol officer Megan Hall banged all the rest of them, (laughs) or at least performed related sexual acts on them. Some of the things depicted in the Martin Luther King statue, I think are behaviors that she engaged in. The other seven officers involved are, uh, are all men of diverse backgrounds. Here is a local news stations accounting. Here is what we know. An internal investigative report documents explicit and graphic detail of officers involved in sexual misconduct, some of it happening while on duty and on city property. Five have been fired. Patrol Officer Megan Hall, Patrol Officer Juan Lugo Perez, Sergeant Lewis Powell, Detective Seneca Shields, and Sergeant Henry Ty McGowan. Three others have been suspended, K-9 Officer Larry Holliday, Patrol Officer Patrick Magliocco, and Patrol Officer Gavin Schoberl. The, uh, Ugh, God, I don't understand this at all. The general findings of the investigation are that Hall performed sex acts on her colleagues while on duty in some cases, proposed threesomes with another officer and his wife, whipped off her bikini top at a Girls Gone Wild hot tub party. I think that one was at least off the clock. 
Hall also sent sexually explicit photos to multiple officers within the department. Hall is married. We'll get to her husband in a minute. But she told her work associates that she is in an open marriage and attempted to recruit her husband into the into the swinging sessions. The scandal became uncovered when a whistleblower came forward in December to report Hall for having intimate relationships with male colleagues at boozy parties, hotels and even on police property. Again, sometimes uh, well on the clock in her first public comment since her firing, Hall shrugged and said, I don't want to discuss it. I'm just uh, I'm just going to move on with my life. And many on Twitter have noticed there's some visual similarity, maybe some, uh, between Megan Hall, this uh, chick cop, and Sam Bankman Freed's girlfriend or ex-girlfriend. Uh, what's her name? I already forget. Uh, it starts with a, a C. I, I forget her name. Doesn't I matter. can't remember either. Car- Caroline something. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that is so true. She looks like the Gentile version of her. If you... Uh, if you want, uh, well, if you want to, if you want her to, what did I write in here? If you want her to blow everything, including your career, this is the sort of look that you're that you're going for. It's that kind of chick. If you want truly crazy, but uh, you might prefer something more wholesome. What and is um, happening? Her husband is sticking by her. As yeah, of is now. he Mormon? Because I was looking at these pictures. It didn't say anything about them being Mormon, but like. The family's huge. Everybody's blonde and white and look like nice family get togethers. And she was his college girlfriend. Hmm. And so I wonder if the parents like just didn't prepare him for dealing with crypto sluts. Because in that college picture, she looked like a really sweet, nice girl. She wasn't covered in tats. She was all skinny and ugly. Yeah, you said that. And I thought, absolutely ridiculous statement. This girl looks disgusting and ridiculous. Well, now, but then I did go back in the Daily Mail story and you're right. Some of these older pictures, um, she looks like a much more presentable version of herself. But like nobody would marry this girl and be like, I bet she's going to bang every black dude and a few white dudes on her force on the force. His real mistake was letting her be a cop. Well, I don't know how that happened. Uh, I don't know. Supposedly she was trying to be a, a, an actress and decided to go into law enforcement. Yeah. And then she looked in the mirror and she's like, I am going to have to find a different vocation. Also her husband's name, Jedediah. Wow. Very wholesome itself. There he is in his park ranger outfit. So he's trying to work through this with his, with his wife. They're going to, they're going to try to work it out. But at one party, um, she and some other dude's wife started making out and Jedediah came into the room and he was like not having it. And then um, she, cause she had been telling everybody she was in an open relationship. And then apparently it like came out that her husband was not into it. And she's like, I'm just going to do this on my own, which is just cheating. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's uh, honest cheating. Was she telling him she was doing it? I think he knew. Yeah. Okay. But this dude, okay, there are a lot of things wrong with this. Uh, we'll we'll get to that. Why don't, why don't you tell me what's next? Oh, well, I just have a stupid joke. <laughs> okay, uh, where, where is it? Oh, did I forget to put it in? Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Uh, let me get this. The family, sorry, reset. I did not have the meme ready. Reset. Uh, the family will be fine, though. Reports say she has already found new employment at Five Guys. Ayo. Thank you. Okay, so today I was like, I don't really care about this story because it seems like she just banged a bunch of 
dudes outside of having sex on the job. I'm like, why are these even fireable offenses? But this matters because it says a lot of things about beta males and what happens when they marry sluts and how men will literally fuck anybody. Yeah. Anybody. I, I, I thought that was an interesting theme. Um, the, if women don't value themselves, don't trust men to value them. It's like, yeah, it, it, almost any female, if she walks up to any guy and is like, Hey, I have a proposition for you. You Let fill in the blank. Yeah. Most guys. I don't know if I want to say a lot of guys, critical mass of guys will say yes to <sighs> even the fuggliest face you've ever seen. Right. Right. But the real thing here is like women, not just as police officers, which is the most masculine job. There should be 0% female cops, 0%. But why are men and women working together at all? Because this became a huge story because everybody couldn't believe that all these dudes, these regular looking guys were banging this, this chick. Um, But you know, this happens in like basically every workplace, right? Well, the idea that you're going to mix men and women, even men and women who have sworn sacred vows to their spouses and not have these shenanigans appear is to oh, yeah. deny biological reality. I'm not defending this on moral terms. I think everybody involved is a scumbag to the extent that they betrayed their spouses. But to your point, to be shocked about this as a biological, biologically natural outcome is to deny that biology in the first place. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so I understand that she wanted to bang dudes that were more masculine than her husband. But like that white guy in the middle, what's he doing? There? <laughs> Which like, one? Oh, he just showed up for the sex party. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I got to find it's like three black dudes where like, if you have a, a ginger beta male Mormon husband, and then like you bang your black colleagues, I, that's wrong. But I kind of understand that dynamic. But then you throw in this like short, weird looking white guy in the middle. And it's like, I don't know if it's this guy that I have on my screen. I don't know what you're showing. Um, I I also don't know if uh, she got in on it with Michael Robinson. Uh, Perhaps, perhaps she seems, he seems like her type. Michael Robinson does. So maybe that happened. I guess the story does matter, but I also kind of feel for all people involved. What they've done is awful and disgusting and they deserve to be destroyed and everything like that. But Stuff like this happens in in middle management careers. People are cheating on their spouses because there's the temptation of, of work. Like if you talk to anybody that's been on a deployment, they'll be like, okay, this guy, this guy, this chick, and then this dude, they all cheated on their spouse during the deployment. I saw a lot of uh, spirited debate among people whose opinions I respect on Twitter too about whether this guy is right or wrong to stay with his wife. Many saying divorce is all but divorce. never acceptable put me in the camp that believes this was a betrayal of the vows. You betray the vows. From my perspective, she divorced him at this point. Immediate she, divorce. You cannot stay with somebody that did this to you. Uh, th- this is not just cheating. This is, uh, I mean, this is, this is serial. This is, uh, yeah. there's a lot of, uh, individual occurrences to work through in this particular situation. Totally. But men anyway. also shouldn't be marrying women that have career aspirations. It's not uh, this guy's fault. It's called a red flag. Yeah, totally. It's, it's the Stacey Abrams fault. red flag. The other guy was was smart enough to see it. See how wrong it could have gone. Dude that was going to marry Stacey Abrams, but decided not to in college. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a red flag. Like, what is this dude thinking? It's not his fault. I understand. Well, maybe he'll. Uh, I don't know. 
Maybe he'll do a, a, a Pirates of the Caribbean style backhand and uh, get her get her in order. We'll see. if. Oh, he... no, he can't unring that bell. He's going to try. Um, but idiot. Let's uh, let's talk. There's been something of a revelation would be too strong of a word. But hey, the CDC is investigating a possible link between the uh, the injection of current relevance and uh, and strokes. Yeah, a link that like nobody gives a fuck about. So I, I like how, okay, first of all, the first thing in this Reuters article, this January 13th story has been refiled with an edited headline to clarify that the link to stroke is possible, not definite. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is all, you know, verbatim from the article. A safety monitor monitoring system flagged that Pfizer and German partner uh, BioNTech updated COVID-19 shot. So I guess a new shot could be linked to a type of brain stroke in older adults. And this is adults over 65. They are more likely to have stroke 21 days after receiving the bivalent shot compared with days 22 to 24. And I'll tell you why this pisses me off. All right. This is what the left always does. We're going to talk about a bunch of stories uh, with the classified docs and things like that, where, where they do this. They'll and Hunter Biden. And I've said this so many times. But when they feel like something like this is going to come out and destroy their narrative, they'll try to get ahead of the story by making some small related admission. No one gives a fuck if a bunch of people older than 65 are having a specific type of stroke that took this new updated Pfizer shot between the days of zero and 21, but not 22 to 44 after, after How the dare you? original shot. That's no, so specific. No sympathy for the elderly. No, it's just it's just too specific. It's like yeah. we care about um, all adverse events from the vaccine that up to and including myocarditis, stroke, any kind of blood clotting situation, particularly in the young. All right. So they're admitting to, they're making like the, the the tiniest admission in in the array of admissions that they should be making to cover their asses. OK, they also said. Although the totality of the data currently suggests that it's very unlikely that the signal in vaccine safety, vaccine safety data link represents a true clinical risk, we believe it's important to share this information with the public. This safety concern has not been identified with Moderna's bivalent shot, and both the CDC and FDA continue to recommend that everyone aged six months and older stay up to date with their COVID vac- vaccination. They're not admitting shit. They're saying like maybe there's a small risk that's clinically insignificant only in 65 or older people. But if you make it past three weeks after the shot and nothing's happened, then you have the same as the background risk. It's bullshit. That's not what's happening. People like years after getting the vaccine are having major cardiac events uh, when they're exerting themselves, young people, healthy people. I don't care if like some 65 year olds are dying four seconds after getting the vaccine. Who cares? Just wait several more years and they'll say, no, no, no. Infant strokes have always been common. Actually, yeah. it's just you haven't seen the data. You haven't seen any. Yeah. You didn't know how common infant heart attacks were it's previously. Yeah. Anyway. And I hate to show this, but I am having Dr. Peter McCullough on on January 18th. Um, and doing it live. We're going to talk That's, about this. Uh, what day? Of, uh, that would be Wednesday. Wednesday. Do you have a time set up? Uh, yes, it's 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Maybe we uh, maybe we'll play some of that next Sunday, too, if it uh, if it if it, especially if it's deleted off your YouTube channel by Susan. <laughs> I know when I was scheduling the interview, he's like, I don't think you should do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for him. Yeah. 
Well, last note before we talk about the scandal of the week and the Biden classified information and all that. Um, recall months ago in the fall, we discussed it on the stream. Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch hinted that the investigation into leaking uh, the leaking of the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade was close to finding the leaker. And then nothing happened for months. Still hasn't happened. At the end of the year, Chief Justice John Roberts issued his annual report and discussed court security, but didn't mention the most important court security issue of the year outside of the uh, attempted assassination of Brett Kavanaugh and uh, other threatening behavior outside of Supreme Court justices' homes. But he didn't mention the leak in his discussion of court security, and he didn't mention the investigation into the leak. Now, is the investigation dead? Well, according to a new report, no. The Wall Street Journal reports Friday that investigators have narrowed the inquiry down to a small number of suspects, including law clerks, but no suspect has yet been identified. What number is a small number? Not specified. And uh, this according only to your typical anonymous sources familiar with the matter. So uh, like the release of the January 6th security footage, I'll believe it when I see it. But uh, the report from the Wall Street Journal, their sources say the investigation is progressing. So... I suppose uh, that's some piece of positivity on that front. Anyway, let's get into the big story of the week. But before we do, let's take a a travel. Let's let's take a trip back in time and recall that back in uh, August, Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate was searched by the FBI with dozens of classified documents recovered and there remains an ongoing special counsel investigation into the matter. Well, in September... Biden, of course, gave an interview to 60 Minutes and described his disbelief that anybody could be so irresponsible with his handling of classified material. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself? How that could possibly happen. How anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought... What data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. And, of course, it turns out he was doing the exact same thing at the exact same time, storing unauthorized classified material at his house and his office. Uh, best case scenario, unwittingly. Worst case scenario, he knew he was lying to your face at the time and feigning outrage. So the story first broke Monday when Biden's personal lawyers released a statement saying they had discovered roughly 10 classified documents locked in a closet in an office they were preparing to vacate at the Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C. Then Biden's lawyers searched his two Delaware homes for other records, and they found a singular page marked classified in a room next to the garage in his Wilmington house. The lawyers announced that discovery on Wednesday. On Thursday, the lawyers announced the discovery of a third set of classified documents in Biden's garage, this time five pages. These documents reportedly stored right next to Biden's prized classic Corvette, as you mentioned. And in images from uh, a 2020 campaign video, Uh, allegedly showing the garage space in question, we can see boxes and home items kind of thrown about in this garage. So the documents are believed to have been stored somewhere in that mess or the general area 
of that mess. And actually, I have breaking news to report. Just before live, it was announced another batch of classified documents have been discovered, this time on Biden's airplane. And we actually have exclusive footage of that discovery. So he he just he has them everywhere, thrown about. <laughs> the timeline of these discoveries is uh, quite interesting. So, of course, we are learning about these documents through Biden's lawyers. So Biden and his people are praising themselves for their transparency. But they've known about these documents since November 2nd, which, uh, of course, is one week before the midterm election, which was on what November 8th. And the only, uh, they only disclose that, that information now. So they've known about this for months and they're only now telling us in fairness, they apparently did notify the national archives at that point. There is record of the national archives inspector general telling the DOJ that it had been notified by white house counsel that classified documents had been identified at the Penn Biden center. But the point remains they knew on November 2nd, this was an issue while they're all out campaigning against Trump for the mishandling of classified information. And, uh, and, and of course the story wouldn't be complete without the involvement of, uh, of one Hunter Biden. Hunter presumably had some access to these documents, depending on, uh, depending on the point at which they were brought to the house and whether it overlapped with Hunter's various crack binges and other party events. But uh, Hunter lived on and off at the Delaware home where the documents were found. He even claimed to own the property on a 2018 background check form, though that appears to be the same sort of lie that Hunter puts on federal firearm purchase forms. He's not, in fact, the owner of the house, if I understand correctly, but he did say that he was. Uh, Hunter also listed the home as as his billing address for his personal credit card and Apple account in 2018 and 2019, and uh, that is confirmed by his infamous laptop. So Hunter had at least some time spent at this particular residence, and uh, as I mentioned, um, the defense of Biden is look how transparent he is. Look how he's cooperating with investigators. Well, the compliance is only going so far. House Oversight Committee uh, Committee Chair James Comer and others are asking Biden to release the visitor logs for both his home and the Penn Biden Center, the office where the documents were originally discovered, mm. so we can know who potentially had access to the documents. Comer worries that Chinese officials may have had access considering the Penn Biden center was funded primarily through anonymous donations from China for all the transparency that the Biden team is emphasizing the, uh, well, this particular transparency is not a, a part of it. Apparently now as far, as far as Biden's explanation, he's not saying a lot beyond scripted statements from his lawyers. When the news broke early in the week, he said he was surprised to learn that he was in unauthorized personal possession of these documents. I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. I've, my lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. I've turned over the boxes. They've turned over the boxes to the archives and we're cooperating fully. Biden also said his garage is securely locked 
And if it's secure enough for his prized Corvette, it's got to be pretty close to secure enough for classified information. Here's Biden responding to Peter Ducey. Classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But anyway. Oh, my God. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Well, thank you for clarifying. We were all very worried about that. Unlocked access to your Corvette. How could you? I know. I was really worried about it. Yeah. Uh, Of course, that is legally irrelevant. The locked or unlocked status of his garage. It doesn't matter uh, if the door was wide open. It doesn't matter. Uh, if 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 there is a padlock or any other form of lock on it, it's not a place that's authorized to store the information regardless. Now, the statement that Biden was surprised or didn't know may come back to bite him because he very likely did know. Uh, and you might um, you might conclude that just based on distrust, but there's reason to believe he knew. And, and this is a good breakdown of it by uh, Matt Margolis at PJ Media. The Penn Biden Center in D.C., this is uh, the home of the office where the first batch of classified documents were discovered, that opened in February 2018. Mm-hmm. Based yeah. on that timeline, it seems likely that the classified documents found in Biden's office there may have originally been part of the cash found in his garage. Why is that? Well, we know that the classified documents found in the office at the Penn Biden Center were from Biden's time as vice president. He left office January 2017. Penn Biden Center doesn't open for a year later, February uh, 2018. So presumably these documents were stored somewhere in that year gap between Biden leaving office and setting up this new Penn Biden Center. One could infer that the storage site was the garage at his home. Now, if that's the case, it is highly possible that Biden just selected which documents he wanted at the Penn Biden Center from his garage storage and then moved them there. If that's the case, of course, um, the claim of surprise or not knowing doesn't hold. All of that is speculative. And I'll also clarify when I say Biden knows it could be someone on Biden's team, someone acting on his behalf. Uh, I'm sure he's outsourcing a lot of his tasks and administrative things and managerial things. Doesn't it not even matter? Well, it's. It's not strictly legally relevant, except for in the post Hillary Clinton era. So maybe maybe it is. <laughs> but you're right that intent is not strictly a part of the law at issue. The, the Federal Espionage Act, which is the relevant law here, the relevant federal law, the plain text of the statute allows government officials to be prosecuted for simply gross negligence, uh, negligence. So absent intent. Uh, in other words, if it can be shown that Biden or his people should have known and done better, but didn't, that is still a violation of the law as written. That standard, of course, famously rewritten in the 2016 investigation of Hillary Clinton storing classified information and other government material on her private server. But that was Comey and company interpreting the law in a way that it wasn't written, presumably for the purposes of protecting her or other political motives. But we have yet another special counsel. Everyone's a special counsel. It's a meaningless title at this point. Who's this guy? So Merrick Garland, uh, I guess he caved to pressure from Republicans, but he appointed uh, Robert Herr. He's a lawyer and has served in 
multiple government positions. I'm sure he's going to get to the bottom of this. He is a Republican. Um, and he went to Stanford and Harvard, and he's been on special counsels before. I don't know very much about him. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. This this the stuff of got the government investigating itself, and like I'm, I'm going to do a, a nonpartisan investigation. It's going to be dispassionate, and we'll get to the bottom of this. Like, how many times have I heard this? Well, in the special counsel stuff, a lot of it is is just show. Yeah. It, it, this um. I was listening this morning. the The ultimate decision. I was listening to some of the Sunday shows this morning. The ultimate decision to charge and prosecute or not still comes down to Merrick Garland. Merrick yeah. Garland, as the guy who selects these special counsels, still had they're still under the oversight of the Justice Department. They may not communicate on a day to day basis, or at least that's what we're supposed to believe. But this appearance of independence is sort of a joke. It's it's all just. It's it's a it's a political show rather than anything of particular meaning. This is all still under the Justice Department. The Justice Department is still all under Merrick Garland. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to be the guy making decisions. To be fair, though, her was um, nominated as U.S. Attorney in Maryland by Donald Trump, but I'm sure he's still swamp. That doesn't really mean anything. Trump made a bunch of unfortunate appointees. We'll find out. I want to talk about theories of what's going on here in a second, but before I get into that. I do want to talk about some of the differences between uh, Trump and Biden because the political wars on the story are obviously on. Everyone's trying to make everyone else a hypocrite. Republicans who defended Trump are attacking Biden. Democrats who attacked Trump are defending Biden like usual, like you'd expect. I want to separate out some of the meaningful differences here. It is true. Just the broad level facts of these stories. They're very similar. The allegations are, of course, taking government documents including classified information and storing it at an unauthorized location. Hmm. That's team Biden emphasizes. This is very different because Biden has complied with investigators, whereas Trump resisted, defied a subpoena, and of course was ultimately searched and the investigation remains ongoing. However, fighting the investigation does not mean that the accusations are true. You can argue there should be more compliance, which they are saying about Trump, But if you're in Trump's position, you believe the investigation is a sham. Shouldn't you fight it with all available tools? Of course. That's what our rights in criminal procedure are all about protecting. Uh, And to that point, it's not just fight it for fighting its sake. Trump has a big defense that Biden does not. Trump was the president. President. Right. At the time that these documents were taken, meaning that he he can just declassify things at will. Right. Well, that's the question about how how all of this happened. He has the the sole power to declassify. He says he did. It's disputed whether or not he did. I I heard on the news this morning, no evidence that Trump declassified. Well, I guess if you're looking for a formal formal paper trail, perhaps there isn't. But the question is, can the president just wave his finger and say this is declassified? As a matter of law, we might argue as a matter of best practice, it would be good to have documentation. And I agree. I think that criticism is fair. Uh, however, as a legal matter, who, if, if the president has the sole right to declassify, he has the sole right to make the rules on what declassification is. There's no statutory definition or no set of rules that he has to follow. We might dislike the way that Trump did it or says he did it, but as the president, he does have the power to do that. So, so Trump in his fight against the accusations has a major point of defense that Biden does not have. That might explain a little more of his resistance to the accusations. Okay. 
Um, of course, the on the other side of it, as vice president, Biden had no such authority to declassify. He has no plausible defense to be in unauthorized possession of these documents other than what he's going with, which is, oops, uh, I didn't mean to. But that is not a defense, strictly speaking. I won't be surprised to see that resurrected the Hillary defense. Oops, mm -hmm. I didn't mean to resurrected right. to defend Biden. Um, but unless Biden can show, no, these documents were declassified by the president of the United States at the time, he doesn't have that, that defense available to him. And Biden defenders slash Trump critics also note the quantity difference. Biden had 15 or so documents, something like that. It's believed Trump had hundreds. But again, if Trump had the authority to declassify and exercised it, the quantity is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. that's what the investigation is still searching for. So that's why I'm using qualifying language. If I don't know these things definitively, but assuming Trump did in fact declassify, well, then he has, has this defense available to him, which would explain the aggression of his non-compliance and aggression would be the wrong word. His non-compliance and his resistance to the investigation. Now, as far as what's going on here, because uh, I mentioned we'd, we'd always be fools to, except what we're presented at face value. But if we're going to do that, the face value presentation here is that there's nothing underhanded or tricky going on at all. It's simply an innocent discovery by Biden's lawyers, and they're just doing their best job to comply. My question on that would be, if so, why disclose the story at all? Because remember, we're learning this story through Biden's lawyers. Maybe the answer is, as the Justice Department gets deeper into an investigation, they just couldn't hide it anymore. So they'd rather right. deliver the news than have some New York Times reporter break the news or something like that. It could be just that simple. And any other search for malice or a scheme is unnecessary. It's not, though. Okay. Because what's really happening is they're trying to boot Biden out because he's intent or chill Biden is intent on him uh, running for another term. And he's I think his dementia has surpassed everybody's expectations here. And this is a way it's too out of uh, control for the DNC even. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier and you're like, there's so much other stuff that they could do. Why would they do this? And I was thinking, well, it's a it's kind of a low effort way to get him out. And it doesn't really destroy his credibility because so many people have done this before. Um, and so it doesn't look like they put up the absolute worst person that they could have. It's not like exposing him uh, for being a pedophile, which he probably is. Yeah, exactly. Because when we, you're right. When we were talking about this earlier, I'm thinking this guy is allegedly called Pedo Pete by his son. And I'm thinking yeah. there's probably a reason for that. I'm going to guess. Yeah. So if you I mean, really they, they to don't want to blow it up. Yeah. But I think to your point there, if they do that, there's probably splash damage to the DNC and or other sure. Democratic candidates. So maybe you do want to be pick something that's uh, damaging, but specific and not so damaging that uh, you get everybody else in trouble. It's like a controlled burn, right? I think that's uh, yeah. what they're trying to do. Speaking here. of controlled burns, we'll get to that in a minute. Don't forget his cars that were controlled burned. I know. I can't uh, figure that one out. A couple out, months though. ago. Okay. So, so maybe, maybe if it's like some inside Democrat hit job, that's the reason why they go. They pick something that I think is lame compared to what they could pick. Um, Alternatively, this could be covering up a much, much bigger story where they do that thing like we talked about before, where they make a tiny admission and it's like one percent of the actual story. Yeah. And then it seems like they got ahead of it. But I can't really figure out what that would be. 
Well, the the interpretation that I'm about 50 percent persuaded on, and I know it sounds a little bit silly, but hear me out, um, because many people I've seen on Twitter and elsewhere, they're saying, well, this ends the Trump classified documents investigation because they can't charge Trump without implicating Biden now. So it's over. That's done. Yeah, we're moving on. Uh, I I don't can't say I disagree, certainly, but I, I I'm I'm not sure I agree with that at all. Uh and as a counter, I will ask, what if this is, in fact, groundwork precisely for charging Trump as sitting president? Right, Because you could take out Biden and you could take out Trump. Well, uh, or you could even preserve Biden, but still take out Trump and have cover of appearing to be nonpartisan. As sitting president, Biden will be immune from prosecution while in office. At least that's the mm-hmm. prevailing legal wisdom. He can't be prosecuted through the traditional means of the courts. He's not immune from impeachment. That's the remedy for presidential law breaking. But it but as Sam Harris famously said, I don't care if they find kids bodies in the basement of this house or in this garage. He's not getting impeached. The House, maybe the House would bring charges. The Senate is not going to convict him. Period. End of story. I don't care what the charges are. So Biden is not getting impeached and he's not getting prosecuted, at least while he's the sitting president of the United States. Which means for now, Biden can face this scandal without legal consequences. And without any political consequences, really more severe than political pundits talking about it. If that's this is why I'm kind of skeptical. It's like if you're going to get him out, you got to go bigger because people are just going to talk about this until it goes away. There's not going to be a legal mechanism exercised against him while he's the president. Mm. And, And so how does this benefit a potential Trump charge or Trump prosecution? Well, through all of this, the Justice Department now gains cover against accusations of bias. They can now bring a charge against Trump. While saying it's not political because, hey, we got the special counsel looking into Biden's classified information and we're doing that just as seriously. It's just the case isn't ready yet. Hence uh, why they're investigating it. So it's a little convoluted. I know that's kind of jumping through a lot of hoops, but I'm not at all persuaded that this story means that Trump isn't getting charged on the basis of the Mar-a-Lago classified Okay, documents. Uh, Yeah, I can see that. I, I think they're... I think there are plenty of shenanigans afoot through uh, famously by the book, moderate, not at all political attorney general Merrick Garland. And I mentioned the fire cars. Don't forget the fire cars because the timeline is kind of concurrent. Well, this was November 30th. um, So all of this information would have been known by then. But do you guys remember when those I think it was four SUVs that they rented from Hertz, which carried um, not Biden, but some of the administration and some of the Secret Service? in a Nantucket airport parking lot, just suddenly burst into flames. And then there was a battery recall on one of the cars, but that doesn't explain why four of them burned. Like the fire just jumped. And then it was right next to, what was it, like tons of jet fuel. I think it was 40 feet from from jet fuel. I didn't hear that part. And I I didn't pay that much attention to this story at the time, even though it's hugely suspicious, and I probably should have. I didn't hear the jet fuel It is hugely suspicious, but I can't figure it out because it's not like, okay, it has to be something else because they would never do something this public to destroy documents. That doesn't make any sense. And they missed um, a few if that yeah. was the aim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- yeah. There's no evidence of document destruction. This would be like a, a mind bogglingly stupid, stupid way to do it. I, I can't really figure out what this means or why they did it, but I know it's weird and that they're covering up something bigger. No, it's just like uh it's just like infant strokes. You haven't seen the data on all the presidential spontaneous car fires in the past. You just, uh, it's How not weird. commonly. Well, why do you think they would do this? 
I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that in the same month, you have this discovery of classified documents that was reported to the DOJ, but not publicly reported. Then you have a bizarre fire that destroys God knows what. Are they related? I have no specific reason to say that they are, other than it's weird that these things happened in the same month. Just something to think about. They're clearly related. They might be. I, yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that at all, but... Uh, we are right at the top of the hour, so perfect time for a break before we get to the ATF's latest attempt to kick down your door and shoot your dog if you're ready for that break. Sure. All right, let me reload really quick. Uh, Zorse, the idea of a constitutional republic having any longevity is similar to saying communism hasn't worked since we've never done it right. Giving power to the people could only work in a fictional world where everyone is a free-thinking individual. That is true. This is the battle of the show, isn't it? where Matt projects his own intelligence on a bunch of stupid people with no inner monologue. It's not, um, it's not the intelligence. It's their rights as human beings. Who cares about that? Though Many who of cares? them are dumb, but they still have rights. Yeah. But he, should they? Should yes. They? Yes. <laughs> yes. God says so. Not, not me. Eh, as Doris also says yeah. too, since you are capable of rational thought, it's easy to convince yourself that everyone else is as well. Hey, Oh, the U S isn't even 250 years old. And we've already de- devolved to the brink of collapse of the Roman Empire, despite its false lasted for over 2,000 years. Yes, that is true. But we ha- we must agree that there must be a way to control stupid people. Uh, no, no, I'll disagree. I, I, I don't exercise con- control over people on the basis of their intelligence. My, the control is exercised on the basis of their rights. Yeah, that determines but what, the legitimacy. If, what if acceptance that they have all these rights, even though they're going to use them to destroy the country, necessarily means that your country will fail every single time? Well, as uh, as it would happen, I cheated a little bit because I opened up the super chat early before the show and I happened to see this one early. So it got me thinking a little bit and I did jot down a few notes because. Oh, my gosh. Right. You, you got my brain working. It's like, well, I got to. It's a it's a thoughtful super chat. So I got to jot down a few notes. So I have a proper response. Uh, granted, I cheated a little. I normally I don't do that. I have to do that off the, the top of my head. Yeah. But, uh, but the points I jotted down. I, I don't think it's it's fair to say that there's a similar level of failure between the United States and communism. We do have our problems. Uh, we've also built, I would say, the greatest prosperity the world has ever seen. So. That's not to dismiss the problems, but I, I the equivalence I take issue with. Uh, and but even if I were to grant the premise that it's it's a failed system on some sort of practical terms, as in it doesn't work, there are moral considerations. Uh, oh, all right, fine. <laughs> Proceed. Humor, humor me. Humor me. Uh, I'll give you an example. The greatest order could be achieved by locking everyone in prison and or pointing guns at their faces. Doesn't make it right. And on moral terms, I don't think that you you violate people's rights to prosperity effectively. Anyway, that almost never happens. Even if it does, it's not stable. Uh, and my uh, my only other question was, if totalitarianism doesn't work, or communism, whatever term you prefer, and a system to protect the rights of the individual doesn't work, what is the correct system? Is, is it the Roman Empire? If so, is that just because they held on to political power for a long time? centuries ago well, and i know slavery of course <laughs> slavery you know th- that was a shirt that i always wish i had the balls to wear in public picture Give of slavery pyramid. another go oh uh no but close it was a picture of a pyramid and it said slavery gets shit done and uh, <laughs> you know some sometimes it's hard to argue but that's kind of the theme we're talking about 
even if you can show practical success, are moral considerations important? And I would say that they are. Um, And I know you can't respond to that in the moment, uh, Georges. So I don't mean to to. Wait, but I, I, get, to I get to you. opine so on this a little bit. As a gesture of good faith, I will offer blonde final word to, to, to stand up for you. Okay, so I understand that we can't limit the natural rights of stupid and evil people. However, dumb people are going to be controlled one way or another. So what you're saying is like, let them have the same rights as all the other people. Fine, they're still going to be controlled by propaganda. So can we at least take control of the propaganda? <laughs> well, the way that you do that is by decentralizing the power centers and making sure that the propaganda forces can't actually have some sort of central control in that way. Now, easier said than done. And if I want to give your your point and his point as much credit, we got nationalized power centers of propaganda right now, whether you like it or not. And I agree. I just think that the, the problem and how we got there is a betrayal of the values and the organization that this country was founded on rather than some flaw inherent to them. I think the flaw is with us and our commitment to those values rather than the philosophy that actually founded the country. Yeah. But you're all, you're projecting your intelligence and rationality on a group of people that like, that don't even speak to themselves in their own mind. These people are retarded. They don't understand what you're talking about. They just want government gibbies. What do you do with What do you do with those people? They're going to be controlled one way or another. I don't want to enslave them. Um, (laughs) I just want to be in control of what they think, believe, and do. The only control... (laughs) (laughs) Excellent quote. Uh, The only... I suppose the only control I want enforced, bizarrely, is a paradox of like anti-control. That nobody can... act. That nobody can gain that sort of influence and power because we are committed to a system that in a system of checks and balances and decentralized power centers to make sure that nobody can do that. If we these people are too dumb to con- to they, they are too dumb to commit to um, a system that's ideological in nature. Unfortunately, I, it, I have to grant at least some of that premise because it's been our own ideological failures, our own intellectual failures that have brought us to that point. But where I would, where I would differ, where I would diverge is, um, is that that entitles me to assume some sort of control over them and, or the the violation of their rights to self-control to self. I'm not saying that my way of doing things is moral. Well, (laughs) that's, I guess that is wrong. Yeah. But it gets shit done. You said it yourself. I can't deny a few pyramids were built. Hmm. Uh, okay, one super chat down. Thank you, All George, right. by the way. You clearly got my mental gears going. He's like, I took seven pages of notes. This yeah. <laughs> Daniel yeah, I mean, it's like, well, man, I, yeah, I had to think about that for a second. So it's like, if I'm thinking about it, I should probably jot some stuff down. That's true. Um, Daniel Kungo, allegedly the CDC is investigating the jab and a connection to all the strokes happening. Really can't tell you how relieved I am to know they're investigating themselves. I feel safer already. Yeah. Seriously, I'm sure they're going to get to the bottom of it, these motherfuckers. Yes. I bought PN. Thanks, Daniel. No, no, thank you. Um, Ooga Boogaloo, how did the Vikings do tonight? Didn't get a chance to watch Skull. Not you, Ooga Boogaloo. Not you. Uh, it was a rough one. Over and, a billion, uh, 200, a trillion, 200 billion dollars. Thanks, I bought. And uh, yeah, the Vikings season is over, but it was a uh, it was a wildly entertaining season nonetheless. And um, if I was going to let every Vikings choke or... Uh, playoff loss or difficult. If I was going to let that defeat me as a man, uh, I'd be a dead man by now. So trust me, I am. Are they weathered. having a terrible season? 
No, no, they had a great season. It's just they uh, they choked in the first playoff game, and now they're done. Oh, really? So it's over. It's over for them. Wait, uh, I don't have to hear about this until like, is it next year? Well, people might have football talk, but they won't be talking about the Vikings because the Vikings aren't playing no, again no, until no. September. I don't have to hear you talk about the Vikings until how long? For six in, months? In fairness, I don't really bring it up unless prompt. I try not to make this a That's football true. discussion show. So no one asks any football related questions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ask more football related questions because I always do the opposite. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if if you uh, think you can break my Vikings heart with your with your snarky chats, uh, trust me, I'm, I'm I've been broken much more thoroughly many times. Thank you, Hooga Boogaloo. Phil, hold on. Okay, I'll read this. <laughs> okay, on the eve of our most holy of holy days, I have to ask the best way to celebrate: a looting a Nike store, b mostly peaceful protest, c um. Uh, a, a non-consensual train e something else as a reminder the popular narrative about mlk is fake or only half true yes sag and i have gotten in screaming fights about this on the show so i think we should probably table this no it was typing fight it was a typing fight about uh was it after the show yeah it was on it was on skype uh years ago because it was a discussion about like whether mlk's character flaws invalidate his message about content of character over uh, right. racial judgment right. and, right. and my um, argument was that um the black community could find a man that had both the good message and lived said message but you said the message was very valuable to the black community and we probably should stop denigrating him. and by we well uh i don't know if me. i said I don't, I don't, <laughs> first of all you didn't say my, that my mind has been changed based on the uh, sculpture now i'm uh i'm anti <laughs> anything mlk um no, it was just like it, the general theme of the discussion was like, does personal behavior flaw invalidate um, thoughts otherwise? And I, I'd be very oh, careful. We got about into it deep about the plagiarism thing. That's what oh, was. yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like uh, if you do bad stuff, does that mean some of the stuff you say? And I, I to Phil's point. I don't doubt that there's actually a lot of propaganda about MLK now on the broad level idea of judging content of character over group identity i'm on board with however i also know that he had political ideas way beyond that i also know that he's been kind of uh, given a a sainthood status that perhaps he perhaps is overstated um i know i know that in this story of history we're getting one side of it and the counter people would say is well that's because only one side is justified well I mean, I'm not saying he's he's wrong on that broad level philosophy. It's just anytime things are presented to me one sided and propagandistically, I have to be at least a little skeptical. And um, and now here we are. <laughs> anytime yeah, I really. see a sculpture like that, I have to be at least a little skeptical. OK, I know I'm on team Malcolm X these days. Anyway, <laughs> uh, He seems like your kind of Muslim. <laughs> I used to hate the guy, but I'm really coming around. these days. He was Muslim, right? Wasn't he a nation of Islam or something? I don't uh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing llama. What are your thoughts on what? Oh, more sports talk. Carlos Correa uh, signed back with the twins. Crazy free agent story. I don't know. I know that, um, that the giants and the Mets saw something in his ankle that they didn't like. Uh, The next two are also about sports. Oh my gosh. See, this isn't even my fault, Uh, (laughs) but I don't know much about, I don't know anything other than that. Apparently uh, some bizarre thing with his ankle that other teams didn't trust, but um, hilarious story about Carlos Correa. Cause occasionally in the summer, I'll turn on uh, 
I'll turn on, uh, you know, a twins game in the background or whatever. And so my wife has kind of gotten into the twins a little bit. And Carlos Correa, she calls Mexican Frank because she just she he looks just like my friend Frank over at quite frankly just oh, really? Puerto Rican or name? whatever he is. Look up Carlos Correa, and uh, he looks like Mexican Frank, even though he's not Mexican. Oh my but, gosh, he does. He yeah. kind of looks like Andrew Tate too. He's got like the same tattoos, the same kind of facial look. Uh, he's just he's Mexican Frank. So we're glad to have Mexican Frank back on the Twins because that is part of our summer entertainment. Uh, oh, this is uh, baseball. Yes. Uh, RWDS engineer says, sorry about this blonde. Hey, Matt, how about them Vikings? Well, yeah, as I as I discussed, you know, uh, I'm not surprised to see the defense fail in the way that it did. And uh, my heart is well weathered and it's uh, it's very strong after years of disappointment. So I'm already over it, man. I'm fine. I'm actually looking forward to the firing of the defensive coach in the coming days. That'll be. That'll be great. Incompetent hands says uh, as a former Giants fan, I wanted to extend my deepest apologies uh, to Matt. What a great season, bud. Do you have, uh, who do you have in tomorrow's game? Football is a uh, good training for the wars to come. Right. Blunt. See, this isn't even my fault. Everyone just wants to talk football. <laughs> Screw you guys. I won't be blamed for this, but I, of course I'm going to take the Bengals, uh, or we need to know tomorrow. Tonight's game is Bengals Ravens. I'll take the Bengals over the Ravens. Obviously tomorrow. Um, I'm not going to bet against Brady in the playoffs, even though that team has sucked all year. I'll, I'll take Tom Brady to defeat the Cowboys, which means, uh, the opposite will happen. Boogeyman 917 says, but they looked up or they locked up in uh, their, let me try again, but they're locked up in the garage with my Corvette. He's so proud of that Corvette. Yeah. uh, (laughs) He really got to the important point. Come on, man. Bo Cephas. I'll just read uh, one more here. Maybe it's just me, but every time I see that hero soap commercial, I think the bald eagle is taking a dump on the guy below, which reminds me of this time that Matt and I, well, you get the idea. Thank you for not putting us through. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being very clean and just talking about a bird taking a shit on a guy. (laughs) Thanks for the chats, guys. We will come back to them at the end of the stream. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Uh, I mentioned that we would get into the latest news about how the ATF is thinking of new ways to snipe your wife and shoot your dog and burn your house down. Well, yep. they're at it again. Last week, uh, of, of course, this comes right on the heels of, of us, of our discussion last week, directly related. We talked about a federal court overturning the Trump era bump stock ban, which, uh, as we discussed, was done simply at DOJ and ATF whim. They redefined mm-hmm. what a machine gun is under federal law to include bump stocks. In other words, federal agencies just made up new interpretations of laws effectively to write new law without Congress or the president ever taking action. That's unconstitutional, not only on Second Amendment terms, but on terms of power and process in lawmaking. And we saw the the judge speaking for the panel in that case speak to those themes. And we mentioned that this has implications for all sorts of property you own that the feds could simply declare illegal tomorrow, including in the gun context, what are called pistol braces, which the ATF is now giving the exact same treatment or at least trying to. So for non-gun people, federal law says that all rifles, excuse me, all rifles must have barrels over 16 inches. Uh, if they, uh, if the barrel is shorter, it is considered a short-barreled rifle. And owning one requires a tax stamp, which means submitting to an even more extensive federal background check. You have to submit fingerprints. You have to pay a $200 tax stamp. And that's a process that takes months or closer to a year to do. Mm-hmm. And so like every other regulation with guns or anything else, what's the industry going to do? 
they're going to figure out ways to go right up to that line but not cross it such that the regulation can be avoided. And that's what's happened in the gun industry over the last decade. They created products to tow that line in the law so that you could have a very similar weapon configuration without having to submit to all that government nonsense. Thus, we get what's called the pistol brace, which you can see pictured on your screen. Manufacturers have developed and released them to market again over the last uh, decade or so. Strictly speaking, they are designed to stabilize a weapon with a short barrel against the arm. They're strictly speaking, not designed to be shouldered like a rifle. You can see in the picture on your screen, there's kind of these weird Velcro straps on the butt end of the gun. That's because that design is it's supposed to go around your arm here and Velcro around it, thus stabilizing the weapon instead of shouldering it like a rifle. That is the intended design of these things. And that's not. Um, and, and, and of course, these are not stocks. So by putting these on your gun, you are not actually building a short barreled rifle. You are maintaining a pistol configuration, thus not right. subjected to all that government nonsense I just discussed. And that's not according to me. OK, for the last decade, that has been the ATF's standard. Pistol braces are not stocks. So guns with barrels under 16 inches with pistol braces attached to them are not short barreled rifles. The ATF has issued several letters, several opinions saying this, and people have bought up these pistol braces in the millions in the years that that has been the ATF's official position. But now the ATF has just said, gotcha. April fools. We decided otherwise. Congress passed no new law. The president has signed no new law. It is just the ATF decided that they are going to interpret that short-barreled rifle law, the National Firearms Act of 1934, differently than they have for the years prior. On Friday, the ATF announced they will publish a new rule on the matter, presumably Monday or given the holiday, uh, perhaps Tuesday. Using a, a bunch of complicated, made-up criteria, again, not based in law, just based on whatever the ATF thinks. Uh, the ATF is declaring effectively that all guns, at least guns with barrels under 16 inches, with these pistol braces attached to them are short barreled rifles that would require everyone who has them to register them with the ATF. Okay. The ATF is offering a grace period of 120 days after the publication of the rule, presumably tomorrow or Tuesday for those in possession of these braced pistols to register them with the ATF and, and in exchange during this grace period, they will waive the tax stamp, the $200, the tax stamp fee, rather. You will be Thanks, given guys. a tax stamp without the fee. Also, of, of the many debatable things about this, th they don't have the authority to waive taxes either, as far as I understand. Congress gets to set those terms. The administrative agency doesn't have the authority to just waive taxes that Congress has levied, unless I'm mistaken. But and what, that's what they're saying they can do. And if you don't, if you decide, now nah, go fuck yourself, ATF. I owned this property legally yesterday. I do not care if you had some change of heart today. Um, in 120 days, you will be in possession of an unregistered short-barreled rifle in violation of the National Firearms Act, a felony punishable by up to 10 years in prison and or a quarter million dollar fine. Oh my God. And just That's to give, just outrageous. Just to give you an idea of the scale, it is estimated that Americans own up to 40 million of these braced pistols. 
Some estimates are are down closer to 10 million. Nobody really knows. We're talking about multi millions of Americans that own these braced pistols. Um, if this rule is not stopped, and I have every reason to believe it actually will be, so I'm not trying to be alarmist, but just so we're aware of what they're trying to do at the federal level. If they were successful in this, it turns millions of Americans into overnight felons. Yeah. Who are going to be targeted by the ATF and the DOJ. <laughs> of course, highly unlikely to survive court challenge, and it will be challenged in federal court the second it's published. But it's flimsy on on multiple grounds. On the Second Amendment, it would appear that this rule is in conflict with the Supreme Court's Heller standard that guns in common use are protected by the Second Amendment. Given that Americans own these braced pistols in the millions, the common use standard may protect them. We also know the Supreme Court reworked how it handles Second Amendment challenges in the spring with the Bruin decision on New York's concealed carry law to to consider historical traditions of firearm regulation. Now, how that's going to play into this case, not entirely clear, but one would imagine it might. But of course, on process grounds, we just saw the Supreme Court decide in June that the EPA, as an administrative agency, does not have the authority to just make up emission standards. Well, the same reasoning applies here. The ATF does not have authority to just make up gun laws. Congress makes those laws, not the bureaucracy. And I, I would... Uh, I would be of the persuasion that Congress does not make those laws because there's an amendment against Congress making those laws. But in the general concept of how laws are created, they're created by Congress, not by administrative agencies. Mm -hmm. And the ATF almost certainly knows this. They know that they're not likely to have this survive in court. It's worth emphasizing that they also do not fear a big bird costume (laughs) by even trying it, which is a problem in itself. In itself, yeah. So if the ATF knows that this is not likely to succeed legally, well, why are they doing it? It seems to me and and many in the gun community, what they're trying to do is bait people into registration. For sure. By waiving the fee and threatening you with punishment, the ATF might get a bunch of people to register guns. So what happens if you decide, well, maybe I'd like a free tax stamp so I can put a stock on my gun. Or maybe I'm just afraid they'll kick down my door, so I'll take this opportunity to register this particular gun with the feds. What happens in three months when a federal court says no? The, you think the ATF goes, oh, man, I, I guess I better get to work shredding those shredding uh, illegitimate yeah. documents and illegitimate mm-hmm. information we corrected, uh, collected rather. No. This so, is how they're going to do a registry. It's going to be piecemeal. Uh, it's it's a it's a if they free get way 75% to, of people that own guns that'd be a that'd be wildly successful i i would hope that 75% of people with braced pistols won't do that um one on the on a principled basis but two because the problem with this too is not just the process millions of people bought these they didn't put them together necessarily out of parts they bought them as configured at stores they don't pay attention to every little piece of gun news or the ATF's rulemaking in the federal registry. So they would be whatever. unwittingly. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, yeah. Be, be felons. I didn't see anything about this on any major news broadcast over the weekend. Yeah. This was announced on Friday. I got to think some of that's deliberate. Just don't tell people, whoops, you're a felon. Did you know? Um, yeah. So I will qualify my statements here by saying, consult your lawyer. If you're a person who, uh, is in possession of one of these. Don't listen to what I say uh, as a legal matter. But if you're interested in my philosophy on this, uh, do not do not comply. And I know that I 
I know that that uh, invites a certain knock on my door eventually one day, but on, uh, on principle, you cannot submit to an administrative agency just deciding they don't like the property that you owned yesterday legally. And so today it's illegal right. and they're going to threaten you. The, the principle of your property rights alone is worth defending there. But the principle of a country where the administrative state can't do that, just declare something they don't like illegal and come get you. Not to mention, I think that if you were to take their bait, you're likely to get burned on it in exactly the mm-hmm. way I just described. They're going to get your info that you didn't necessarily want to give them. And they're going to turn around and uh, once it's struck down, they're going to go, whoops. The same thing they do in all of their other unconstitutional actions. Oh man, silly us. Sorry, because there is no consequence and they fear no consequence, but that's a separate issue itself. And I'll emphasize why this matters outside of, of guns. Again, you might not be a gun person. You're sitting around thinking bump stocks are stupid. I don't even know what that is. Pistol brace. What the hell is that? Why is there stupid Velcro on the end of that AR? I don't know. And but I don't That's what they're care. banking on. They're like a yeah. certain percentage of gun owners are not going to give a shit about this because they don't own a bump stock or a pistol brace. Yeah. And some of those don't even know that they do because you just bought what you thought looked cool at the store and you don't necessarily know all these legal regulations about it. Um, but your, but again, your property rights, if the feds can simply redefine your property, guns or otherwise, threaten to seize it based on the whims, uh, their own whims rather than congressional action, you don't have property rights, okay? Exactly. You're in a society of dictators who decide what you're allowed to own, not based on a process of lawmaking, just based on whatever they want. Uh, this, is a, this is a process that removes accountability to you in that lawmaking process. You didn't vote for any of these ATF jackasses. They didn't campaign for your vote. You really can't even contact them if you want to. This is not government by the people. It's government by the elite. Another reason I my, I personally don't believe it's right to submit to this sort of thing. Also, another reason to oppose this, regardless of whether you enjoy guns or not, not getting way code. Yeah. This, is, <laughs> yeah, really. this is the sort of thing that got people raided by heavily armed federal agents. It is the same exact premise that happened at Waco and Ruby Ridge. Oh, you have an illegal firearm configuration? Yeah. Well, it's time to snipe your wife. It's time to burn your house down. Sorry about that. Sorry that the tear gas was flammable or whatever the hell happened. Did you say 40 million people? It is estimated that there are 40 million of these braced pistols in possession currently. Now, Many oh, of those so people, people own, own 20 several, right? So I don't know if it's 40 million people, but it's millions of people. Certainly. Uh, okay. So things to think about, uh, pr- incredibly important principles at stake here that have nothing to do with guns really. And this is why this ought to be watched. And I, I do know that organizations like, um, the, the gunners of America, like the firearms policy coalition, they've got their, challenge to this ready to print as soon as this comes out i would encourage you also if you're the sort of person who values your gun rights or just values constitutional principles to support the organizations that will fight this because this is a very important one on several crucial principles and uh i i I bet they will be successful in the end i i don't mean to be too alarmist i bet three months four months we see the same sort of uh decision from a, a federal court that's like uh no for many reasons, no. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And the that, fact they're trying should be alarming average citizens, though. The fact that they're tr- the fact that they're bold enough to do it is I find very concerning. Yeah. 
They're also uh, taking it to the next level in Illinois. Though at least they actually did it through their legislature there. Uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker signed a uh, so-called assault weapons ban into law this week, effectively banning semi-automatic rifles in the state, or at least 170 specific semi-automatic guns that are now banned. And under this law, state police are granted the authority to update the list, quote, as needed. Whatever that means. Hey, we don't like that gun. It's on the list. Retroactively, yeah. Rifle magazines of over 10 rounds are also banned, as are handgun magazines over 15 rounds. Current owners of such weapons will be required to register them to keep them. Similarly, Governor Pritzker says, if you don't register your so-called assault weapon, uh, you will get a warning fine from the state. And if you don't comply, then you will, yes, become a felon. What penalty would state residents pay if they don't abide by that and within the next year come forward and register their weapons in this category? Well, it begins with a fine uh, if they if they don't. Uh, you know, if they're caught under this law, it begins with a fine. Uh, but a second instance, uh, it is a class four felony. Oh, oh so, my gosh. You know, 60 percent of Chicago homicides go unsolved. And this is what they're worried about. <laughs> yeah. If you're like some farmer in rural Illinois, they're going to send the state police to come get your AR. Uh, meanwhile, Chicago is a killing field on a weekend on a, on a weekly basis. And uh, somehow you're the problem. Or if maybe you live in a, in a more dangerous area and you think, you know, uh, if the gangs came for me, I like I'd like to have a chance. Perhaps yeah. uh, you're the bad guy. You're the one yep, who's yeah, going yeah. to have to submit. Well, did you know that 100 percent of crimes are committed with registered weapons? 100 percent. Well, what is that? What do you mean? They're all committed with with illegal firearms. <laughs> like like every homicide in Chicago is some is some gun with a filed off serial number passed or sold like on the street like nobody nobody's going to abide by this except for law law abiding citizens you really got my literal brain there because i'm thinking hey there's no registry that's federally illegal (laughs) they can't do that no you you totally got me um even the ghost gun thing because of course biden and company have done something uh, similar on ghost guns where they've redefined what constitutes a firearm frame and what you can manufacture at your own home they like to blame ghost guns for everything because mm-hmm. if you build your own, you're not required to have a serial number on the gun for tracking purposes. You just can't build it with the intent of selling it. Uh, but of course, what are we talking about with ghost guns? Are we talking about guys in their garage taking the time to actually file down the Glock frame and do all the, do the rest of the drilling that's necessary to build this what thing. What is a ghost gun? It's you file off the serial number. Like what is it? What well, that's the other that's the other definition. So I'll I'll be quick here. But Americans have always had the right to make their own guns, okay? Federal law says that if you make guns commercially, as in you're in the business of selling guns, you sell them at stores, you you sell them in bulk, you have to put serial numbers on them. In that case, if you're a commercial gun manufacturer, if you're just a guy making a gun in your garage for your own use, you are under no legal obligation federally to put a serial number on on that. And so what that has invited the industry to do in much the same way that they're going to take the pistol braces to go right up to the line, it's a question of what is a gun. And the ATF and the rest of the federal bureaucracy has settled on this 80% standard and what that means is you could buy a Glock frame, like the, the plastic lower of a Glock, 
that doesn't have the necessary holes drilled in it and has a few other plastic components that have to be filed off. But once you do that, it's simply assembling all the other pieces on it and it will become a firearm. But what you've done at that point is built your own. And so Biden has tried to say that these kits that allow you to build your own, those are guns. But to to the point that you were originally getting at, is that what's happening in Chicago that all of these, these uh, gang members are sitting in their garages with their Dremels uh, slowly filing down Glock frames or are they taking existing Glocks and just uh, filing off the serial number instead? Yeah. 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 There's a lot of the latter. So, uh, the, the ghost gun thing is another hilarious propaganda conflation, uh, as well. Anyway, um, this, uh, this case in Illinois is going to become a legal mess too. dozens of sheriffs across the state. I think it's 74 sheriffs have said they are, they're not going to enforce this law, this new assault weapons ban. Certainly it's going to be challenged in court as well. We'll see if that, uh, how that plays out in the courts, particularly the federal courts again, after the, the Bruin decision. So. If you're in Illinois, perhaps you'll have a legal remedy soon, but uh, what a what a nightmare. Look, <laughs> you farmers outside of Springfield, you're the real problem oh, compared yeah. to totally. Chicago. Anyway, uh, you have any thoughts on that before we get into the tasing? No, I really want to talk about this. <laughs> I, I figured this might be one that's uh, kind of up your alley. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. Early in the week, it was uh, supposedly another case of police uh, who are who are thirsty for blood of color again. Uh, a, a black man was killed by a, a taser at the hands of LAPD officers, or at least he was tased and died a few hours later. And not just any black man, but the cousin of Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors, who, of course, has a mansion in the L.A. area, almost certainly financed by the fraudulent repurposing of donations to the Black Lives Matter organization. But that's a separate story. We know that he is her cousin based on an Instagram post that she made in which she said that uh, the the. The man who died was 31-year-old Keenan Anderson, and in an Instagram post, Patrice Collar said, he's my cousin. He was killed by LAPD on January 3rd. She says, Keenan deserves to be alive, and his child deserves to be raised by him. Of course, hashtag uh, justice for Keenan, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Now, his child should be raised by him, but of course, why wasn't Keenan doing that? That's the question we all might ask after the release of the body cam footage, which LAPD did on Wednesday, the video show doing drugs and banging hose. I I didn't see the raising his son. I didn't see the hose, but we can infer the hose, right? uh, He he was in a hurry. So maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe he just got off the phone with what's her face from the Tennessee police department and (laughs) he was on his way over. Anyway, uh, The video shows multiple angles of LAPD officers arriving at the scene of a car crash, confronting Anderson, who is running around in the middle of the street, as we'll get to with the toxicology report, almost certainly on drugs. Uh, When Anderson takes off running, multiple officers pursue him and place him under arrest. He resists, uh, saying that police are trying to kill him and they're trying to George Floyd him. After multiple warnings, police then tased him, saying, please stop, we're going to tase you. Please stop. We're going to tase you. He doesn't. So they tase him to get him under control. He's then brought to the hospital. After four hours, he entered cardiac arrest and did not respond to life-saving efforts and died. It was a vaccine. It was was commotio cordis, actually. That's what got him. Happens all the time. 
toxicology reports show he had uh, and, and Islamic assassinations. Don't forget. Toxicology <laughs> yeah. reports show he had cocaine and cannabinoids. That's the technical term, but that that's just weed, right? He had he yeah, he yeah. did some coke and he smoked some weed. That's what they found in his system. Here is a selection of the footage edited for Susan compliance. Sit with your legs crossed. They're gonna try to kill me, please. Who's trying to kill you? I, I, I had a stunt today. What? I had a stunt today, sir. You I had need to. You had what? A stunt. Like no, 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 that's a cross. Okay, please. sit down over here. Please. I don't want you in the road. Please. Come here, I don't want you in the road. Come here. Please. Come here. Please. Come here. Over on your stomach! Get over on your stomach! Hold on! Get, okay, get okay, down! Please. Get down! Please, sir, please, down. don't do this! Help! Help! They're trying to kill me! Just Stop! I'm gonna tase you! Stop! I'm gonna tase you! They're trying to me! While at the hospital, and after approximately four and a half hours following the use of force, Anderson experienced a medical emergency, did not respond to life-saving efforts by medical staff, and was pronounced deceased. The laboratory reports concluded that each of the specimens tested positive for cocaine metabolite and cannabinoids. Um, did, was he saying he had a heart stunt placed that day? Isn't that a stint? Oh, what, what was he saying? I, I don't know. I, I assume he meant stunt as in like, I'm a stunt man, but. Oh, I thought he was like saying stint incorrectly and then he went out and did a bunch of blow to celebrate a successful heart operation <laughs> right that's what he's saying hello sir i did <laughs> many different drugs immediately prior to this encounter and i might act oh, erratically i think that is the translation if cocaine was a person he's so paranoid yeah um those involved in the traffic accident that caused this incident indicated that anderson caused a collision I, I assume they mean he was driving. Actually, I know he was driving because part of the reason the cop called for backup is because it was he reported as a suspected DUI. So Anderson is driving almost certainly on drugs, crashes his car involving someone else. The the other people involved in the accident say that he's the one who caused it. Another one of these uh, invo- people involved in the uh, initial accident said Anderson attempted to get in their car at the scene. So possible attempted theft as well. Mm. And um, and yeah, I agree. Uh, Keenan Anderson should be at home being a dad. Patrice Cullors, I agree with that premise. He isn't. Instead, he's high out of his mind, driving around, causing crashes, fleeing the scene, possibly trying to steal a car and resisting arrest. Why? Why isn't yeah. he at home being a dad, Patrice? And uh, the counter, I know people are saying, OK, uh, but yeah, he did all these things. That doesn't mean he deserves to die. Right. LAPD deployed a taser. They didn't shoot him in the head. What do you want them to, they have to get him under control. I understand it ended up being fatal, but I'm going to, I'm going to speculate that the drug use might've had something to do with what happened For to his heart. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what's the alternative? Just let him go running down the street, coked out of his mind after crashing into someone and fleeing the scene. Yeah. People he's, were honking at him too. A giant truck honked at him. He's obstructing traffic. Okay. He just victimized many people and he's obstructing others. The situation has to be has to, you have to get control of that situation. They they you watch the footage, it's multiple angles. They're they're trying to be they're trying to get compliance with him by voice, 
for a very, very long time. And he will not stop aggressively resisting. They deploy what they can to control him. And it results in a death hours after the fact that, again, I'm going to say that the drug use probably has something to do with that. What does Black Lives Matter say about it? Well, they I saw that Colors was calling for the LAPD chief to be fired or resign. Come on. I didn't see it. I saw someone say that. I didn't see her say that. So I'll be I'll be fair with uh, withholding that accusation because I didn't see it from from her. Um, but but at the end of ultimately in this story, there is one person responsible for an absent father. And that is the absent father. Why? What is he doing? Yeah. I know that he's permanently absent right now and that's very sad. I don't take any joy in that, but, but who is the primary architect of that situation? White people somehow, I'm sure. Ah, well, it has to be, even though I, I chose this still frame because they're trying to George Floyd me. They're trying to George Floyd me. Yeah. The guy George Floyding you is black. The guy <laughs> trying to subdue you to place you under arrest is black. He's got help from another black guy. Uh, the real George Floyd situation. Um, man, we're still color says Anderson was a teacher in LA. Not sure what subject, hopefully not driver's ed, but, uh, maybe he's the science teacher. That's how he cooks up, uh, (laughs) some of these concoctions that assist in his day to day. I don't know, man. It's a bummer. It's always a bummer to see people, you know, suffering and dying because of their addiction, but you know, call it what it is here. Wow, that was you're getting so soft now. It's a bummer to see people suffering from their addictions. Well, yeah, I mean, it is a bummer. That guy was clearly a cocaine addict, although he hadn't moved on to crack. So maybe things weren't that bad. <laughs> like he well, still wait, had enough money to be doing cocaine. Can they distinguish? Do they know what? Actually, t- like, I don't think they can. So, yeah, crack, it might be. It might be. You crack. just cook the cocaine, right? Yeah, it's just a dis- it's a difference between powder and uh and what liquid, and I rocks. guess clearly I'm, or is it rocks? Yeah. I'm it's clearly, rocks, I'm not yeah. a great drug mind, but it's just the so format. I guess it wouldn't of the, matter. It's the, it's the, the state of the cocaine, the physical state of the cocaine is the difference, right? So he had probably graduated to crack. I thought you graduate you, to the, to the powdered stuff. Isn't that the elite society? No, no, you, crack you start, like the, you start with cocaine because you still have some money and then crack is the, is the lesser drug. It's the it's the poor person's cocaine. Yeah, yeah. That's why I thought you start with the poor person stuff. Why would you do that? Because it's cheaper. No, that's not how people <laughs> crack is like a gross drug. Like you only do that if you're, you know, desperate because you don't have any cocaine, right? I don't know. I'm I'm pretending to have knowledge in an area in which I lack any. Anyway, so this is I, this is not the pro- fault or problem of white people, is is my point. Oh, I, I clearly uh clearly it's uh some sort of white pulling of the puppet strings that resulted in this uh, unfortunate outcome of a black man trying to arrest a coked out black guy. And um, it ended up being a fatal encounter. Anything else before the, uh, the hoax hate? No, this is a good one too. All right. Let's get Two. Into it. Well, <laughs> Since when are they good? Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Or in this case, it's non-existent. I'm not even convinced the graffiti ever existed at all. I don't think so either. We'll get to that. In Allen, Texas, north of Dallas, former NFL player Mike Hawkins senior careful he's his name is mike 
Hawk ends. So it's why would just, you do that? I'll go with Michael, maybe. But he says his family home was vandalized with graffiti of the N word on his garage door. And he believes this is because people don't like his star football player son, Mike uh. Hawkins Jr. <laughs> On December 28th, the home of former NFL former NFL player Mike Hawkins Sr. was vandalized. Allen investigators told Fox 4 someone allegedly sprayed the N-word on the garage. We do not know which garage door the racial slur was painted on. Hawkins' son, Mike Hawkins Jr., was the starting quarterback for Allen High School's powerhouse football team, and he's heavily recruited with scholarship offers from Alabama, Oklahoma, TCU, Arkansas, Michigan, and others. The incident has resulted in Hawkins pulling his children out of Allen ISD. The Hawkins home was listed for sale weeks before the incident happened. When we arrived Friday, the family was home. I spoke to Hawkins off camera and he had no comment. While Hawkins had no comment for us, he told the Dallas Morning News the first thing that comes to his mind is getting his kids to safety. According to the report, his wife, Annabelle Hawkins, says that she gets nervous to go outside. Now, Allen investigators didn't have many details to share with us, only saying that this is an ongoing investigation. Did you see that house? It's uh, It looks nice, yeah. That's a nice ass house. I don't yeah. think anybody's spray painting the N word. Something's going to come out about his kid. Like, did he get caught in some kind of drug scandal or something like that? Can you even pull him out of the high school? Is he still going to be recruited? Well, I see. I think that that it has something to do with that to maximize his recruitment potential, even though this school, right. in fairness, this school is a it's described as a football powerhouse. It's supposed it's apparently one of the biggest football programs in Texas. So hmm. maybe there are some flaws in that theory, but before we get to that, I have searched the internet for the image of these, this N-word on the garage door, and I asked you to do the Nowhere same. Nowhere to be found. There's there's no record of this. Yeah. And that's why I say I'm not even bothered, or I'm not even, uh, I don't necessarily even believe that the spray paint on the door ever even happened. They just say that it happened. Um, and so, so why do I call it a hoax beyond that suspicion? Well... Because his son is considering all sorts of football options. He's highly recruited, as the story mentioned. Any leverage to get him his college football deal of choice will be exploited. That might mean transferring high schools. I don't know exactly what the situation is, but if there's a better playing situation at another school, I don't even know what the what based on what are they saying the high school is even involved in this situation? We don't know who did it. It happened at your home. You're just inferring. Well, it must have to do with my star football player son. Why? Right. Why? Why There's no known connection, but you're automatically transferring your kids away from that school based on nothing. The school Mm -hmm. is not associated with this incident in any way, but we're still going to automatically leave the school. Why? I'm going to assume there's some football purpose or reason for that. Uh, it could mean transferring high schools. He, the, the the player, the, his son, is entering his senior year, of course, a very crucial year. He needs to perform well for the purpose of college football recruiting. Um, but the house was already on the market. Ex- ex- yeah, that's a strange factor, too. And I don't know how to how to interpret that. But uh, but this could also be a, a sympathy story for potential college recruiters. Oh, I faced adversity and racism. And yeah. so I really, you should give me a chance because uh, I need to make the best against the struggle from which I came, which is a very, mm-hmm. very nice, gigantic <laughs> suburban Texas house. Yeah, he really mm-hmm. grew up rough, that kid. Yeah. Um, but what do you make of the of 
the fact that the house was already up for sale when this happened and was only put on the market a few weeks ago. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm sure that this is some addendum to some existing story. He did this for a reason. I don't know. The counter to say that this is not some sort of hoaxery is if you're trying to sell the house, why would you do anything damaging to the house or put the house in some sort of negative media light that will, that will damage your, your prospect of selling the home. Mm. Um, would it though? I mean, would a white person care? <laughs> if, if blonde's trying to buy the house, it's a selling point. I know. I'll be like, I'll pay 50 grand over asking price. <laughs> Sold. Like the neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The place I want to raise my family. Uh, <laughs> You you noted, and I think it's a fair observation, this looks like a uh, a well-to-do place. And as a former NFL player, though I looked and he didn't have a particularly great career, but he made a dollar or two, and his home reflects that. Nobody in the neighborhood has footage of the suspect in this case, including that. Like, you don't have cameras on your house, and nobody in yeah. the neighborhood has cameras to capture who was walking around at that time. At night. I find that to be hard to believe. But the specifics of what supposedly happened are also hard to believe. Mike Sr. says he was awoken by his dogs barking at 2.15 a.m. on December 28th. So he let his dogs inside. When he let the dogs back out later in the morning, he noticed huge, what he described as foot-tall letters on his garage door that spelled out, We don't need you here in Allen N-word. How big is their garage? There is a, a still frame. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, oh, the Dallas Morning News. Oh, stop the first thing is getting his kids to we arrived Friday had no comment. He told the Dallas no, Morning News. It's hard to get a specific frame in the video to put up here. Um, but let me let me see if I can find uh, a good one, because the, the, the placement of these garage. Oh, that's not the best one. I think there might be one. Where else? Oh, here's an image. And there's also an image here. Um, if you click. The second link in the sources on this story, there's a Fox story, Fox four that has some images of these garage doors. So he, uh, I'll also note, he did file a police report after this discovery. So maybe some points to being legitimate as in, he didn't try to exclude police from the investigation. This never but happened. Come on. The, um, the arrangement of these, of these garage doors, the garage doors are not on the front of the house. They're on the side of it and they're somewhat, there's it's kind of a fenced in area and this actually looks like the sort of area that dogs would hang out i where are the dogs i guess because if the dogs aren't at the front of the house are they in this side or back area where these garage doors are and if so how did you see the dogs without seeing the graffiti i guess it was late at night maybe you didn't notice or were the dogs in a completely different area of the house if so what were they alerted by just the arrangement of things here i find hard to buy also the news reporter noted there are two garage doors and we don't even know which one was vandalized okay didn't you take a picture of this immediately well this is what's weirder the dallas morning news in their story says photos of the racist messaging were also shared with the news by which i think they mean their own publication the dallas morning news so they received photos they were shown photos of this that they did not publish in their story and that he is not showing to other news outlets why no it's never happened why wouldn't you show that? Um, yeah, it. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty confident this one. This one did not happen. That it, this is a uh, gay football recruiting stunt of some kind. This is the lowest effort because they didn't even spray paint it on their own. It I'm might sure. be like until I see the photo of the actual spray paint, 
I am not convinced the spray painting itself even happened. Anyway, uh, anything else on this one before we talk uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Let's do it. Okay, let's get into it. Hello? Where's my movie? Oh. I muted the sound because uh, because I was trying to find a specific frame in the video file before that showed the garage door. Once more. <laughs> Whoops. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. This week's movie is the 2003 action-adventure epic Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, in which a rogue pirate captain helps a young blacksmith win the governor's daughter and lift the curse that immortalized his former crew. We don't have any movie picker commentary this week because this was a random top-rated selection after last week's nominations were rejected by the vote. So as always, your review and your rating. Sure. Um, This was a fun watch as always it was 40 minutes too long um okay but the things i liked i like this predictable damsel in distress story there were some nods to traditional gender roles although like way too much kira knightley outsmarting people and kicking their ass and my course it hurts blah blah um she was just too strong and independent um but i do always appreciate character development with like a lovable scoundrel so that that was great jack sparrow um Kira Knightley total smoke show 10 out of 10 finally like an appropriately hot leading lady and then Orlando Bloom who's like a faggy puss is cast <laughs> I'm like come on I, um, I will have was, to I got to appreciate a, a woman that we actually agree on because I would oh agree. yeah that's like 20 that's year old Kira Knightley is like top poon like 10 out of 10 poon yeah <laughs> like a little too thin but basically perfect looking um yeah orlando bloom he's just too effeminate i'm just not into it so i didn't find them to be a believable match but perhaps i'm i'm splitting hairs here i don't know it was a fun watch um for 2003 the cgi kind of held up i thought yeah it's not pretty good i think by 2003 standards is pretty damn good it looks a little dated today but but 20 years old 20 years old yeah yeah um, I don't know. I gave it a three and a half out of five, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and round that down mm. three out of five. Pretty All right. Good. You have any predictions about what I thought? I bet you liked it a lot. Hmm. Uh, maybe a lot is too strong, but I, I did. I have generally positive things to say about it. And, uh, starting with um i'll appreciate something that I almost always hate in movies, which is when they try to do all the genres where it tries to be a comedy and a thriller and a horror movie, everything because you you end up usually with kind of a contradictory mess and you don't do any one particular thing. Well, however, this is a case where I think they did pretty much all of those things. Well, I'm not going to say it's the best comedy or action movie I've ever seen, but they blended all of those things in a way that that comes off pretty well and, and most importantly isn't cringe and, and yeah. some of the examples i give in the review it's tense i think the sword fighting is tense and well done uh it's funny i thought the rum burning bit on the island was was funny there are many other moments in the scripting that i thought were good it's at least slightly scary for certain audiences the reveal of the undead pirate army 
it's not it's not causing me it's not causing my heart rate to jump but if you're watching it with you know i don't know uh, you could probably watch it with your 10 year old or something and it's 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 scary in a thrilling way yeah and all of these things come off in an in an enjoyable blend that i think is very rare and normally i would advise movie makers though they don't need to take their advice from me because i've never done it but if i were to advise them pick one thing and do it really well this is something of a counter where you kind of do a little bit of all the things and it's it still works i just think this is rare to achieve i also appreciated um they didn't bother giving some detailed backstory about uh will and elizabeth and their love and all this it's like yeah he loves her because she's hot okay moving on if they did we had a little bit of their origin story and how he was rescued and all that but I appreciated that they mostly just got right to the action and, and the sword fights and the dilemma. And hours long. Maybe not as perfectly constructed as it could be, but I don't think it wasted a ton of time and yeah. it didn't waste a ton of time with backstory, which I appreciated. I thought the costuming and the character makeup was excellent. And uh, I linked in the review a little bit. Of, it's like a five minute kind of mini doc about some of the costume and makeup work in this movie and a lot of the people who made the movie use the word texture as kind of their aim or their goal in creating these looks. And I thought they really achieved that well, specifically the disgusting teeth. That's that's what changed these pirates from sort of cutesy pirates to disgusting men of disease and violence. And that's <laughs> what made it great. Uh, they Their costuming, the woman who did the costuming just took all these clothes, put them in a huge cement mixer with bricks, ran it for like an hour, and then took it all out and gave them the clothes. That was all the right. strategy to wear them down. Good. So I like clever solutions to problems like that. And of course, uh, I like the, the wooden eye bit and the fork in the eye and just some memorable effects like that. Uh, you mentioned some of the traditional themes between men and women. I certainly uh, do appreciate. Uh, I liked the backhand that I referenced earlier when Barbosa just uh, it's the moment where she reveals to him that she's not Turner's child. And right. he just backhands her down the pile of treasure. Yeah, yeah. It's such a just a classic moment. They don't do anymore because it's sexist and abusive. It's like, yeah, that's the point. They're villains. They're pirates. They should do <laughs> sexist, abusive things. And it's great to watch. Um, as far as things that, uh, I thought I would qualify my criticisms as sort of hypothetical. These aren't even criticisms that I necessarily hold, but I could see someone holding, uh, to your point, it is a fairly predictable generic plot and ostensibly unqualified, but charming young man loves a high society woman in distress who needs saving. And so he recruits the help of his eclectic sidekick. You could use that to describe a lot of movies, this one included. However, I do find a certain enjoyment in a movie that sticks to a proven formula and keeps it simple. I, I I think that I have to acknowledge some appreciation for that as someone who's usually criticizing the opposite movies that, uh, that uh, you use the term or the phrase trust their audiences and they want you to kind of fill in a bunch of the blanks. And from my perspective, uh, fill in a lot of the details yourself I generally don't like that. I want to hear a story rather than invent a story myself. And and, and this is a, a movie that certainly does that. It does. It's not overly complicated and it's not leaving a lot to you to interpretation. Yeah. But if you're the sort of person who likes ambiguity in your writing and your plot, then this probably isn't the one for you. But uh, that's why I bring it up as a uh, hypothetical criticism rather than one that I I'm uh, committed to myself. And then the reason that I didn't give this uh, a super high score, usually movies that, that I love are going to keep me thinking about some sort of moral or philosophical dilemma. 
And there really isn't much of one in this movie. There are hints of that. Like when, uh, when they, they take off trying to rescue Elizabeth and will says to Jack, you know, my father wasn't a pirate and they have this fight about who won the fight. And Will says, well, you didn't fight fair. And Jack says, well, that's not much incentive for me to fight fair. Now, is it? And they kind of, have that. it's just a, it's a classic debate about uh, Jack has this line. The only rules that matter are what men can do and can't do. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. uh, and, and you have to exploit those limitations to your advantage. There's a glimmer of some philosophy that we go over on this show all the time, but this is not some think piece that you're going to, think about later for hours and hours. Yeah. But which, sometimes it's just fun to watch a movie like this. Yeah. And, and for that, it's, it's great. Um, if you want to sit down and just kind of have an all purpose movie that really hits all the points and is perfectly enjoyable in its charismatic cast and its presentation and, uh, the thrill of its adventure, it's great for all of those things, which is why I gave it a perfectly respectable for wiki. Pretty good. And on a final note, because the point of the bit is uh, cultural competency, right? Understanding uh, all of these references of cultural relevance. I'm sure you got a few. Um. Well, I I I, ha- I was familiar with the but you have heard of me kind of uh, line in this movie, and um, I had never until now I'd never seen a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Of course, I have been on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland. It was true to that, wasn't it? Not knowing any better, though, I assumed the ride was based on the movie franchise. No, other way around. Uh, It is the opposite. The ride has been a piece of the park since 1967. The movies are based on the ride. So that's minus, uh, minus one foolish misconception about culture for me that I gained through watching this movie. So, Hey, that's the whole point of this. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, what the audience reaction is. Yeah. Uh, early vote. Most people are, are right. Well, I guess they're, they're a little higher. Maybe um, almost half of voters giving it the four wiki that I gave it, but almost a third behind them giving it a five. The, uh, the three, one and two are very low as hmm. of this early hour. So people are generally a fan of this one. Um, next week we have the grand Budapest hotel, which is the last okay. selection from, Uh, Listener Ross's January nominations. His list was rejected last week, but he had a comeback with the Grand Budapest Hotel this week before we bid his list goodbye. So we'll check that out. And January is a five Sunday month, meaning we have to fill in a week. So uh, I realized this late in the week and I thought, hey, what a great opportunity for my lovely wife, Ping, to to submit a movie list. So I, I gave her the opportunity for a a short list of uh, four movies that are up for one week and one week only for the final weekend in January. Okay. Okay. Those movies are the shining insidious Fargo or Dunkirk. Or of course you can tell her that her list sucks and vote for another randomly selected top rated movie instead. And um, that's going to be an interesting weekend too. I should have mentioned this at the, at the top of the show because that Sunday show in two weeks, when we review one of these movies, I will be getting back. Well, both of us will be getting back from a wedding that weekend. Um, and so it's going to be something of a hurried timeline. I, I'm, I'm terrified. I had to do this on a very tight timeline. And I know that if any airline shenanigans strike, like they have been for the last few weeks, yeah, that Sunday show is fucked. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to do my best for that not to happen. 
and I've I've made a schedule that uh, will allow for that. But if they start messing with the schedule, uh, I don't know. Maybe you want. Can I do a show live from the airport? Can we try that? <laughs> no. The TSA will probably bust me. They'll say, "Hey, there's that guy. There's the there's the Hitler <laughs> who spoke at the nursing home. Get him. Yeah, right. Bring him to the ATF. I heard he has braced pistols. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, we will review one of these movies one way or another. But uh, as a reminder, if you would like to um, read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, sign up for the uh, or, or vote for the next movie, rather sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month or any other movie related bits from the show. The one and only place to do it is my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is Matt Com. And look at that. We are all finished up right at the top of the hour. Perfectly oh, wow. timed. We did that on purpose. And because we had a three hour show last week. That's true. We'll probably come up short this week. Um, That's good. I left off on uh, on Phil. We'll close out with our chat, of course, before we get out of here. Phil says, Matt, if your justice for Ashley Babbitt protest doesn't work next year, perhaps a day of the pillow one will. Boomers need to- <laughs> Day of the pillow? <laughs> day of the of all the days available he picks the pillow um boomers need to be reminded that the reward for eating the civiliz- civilizational seed cord is dying at the hands of a diversity hire with a pillow oh, oh no. my god that was uh that not was the, all boomers my parents are different your parents are different that was the uh detroit episode right day of the mm-hmm. brick day of the rope oven ready well i don't know I just I agree that there's some justice that is owed, but pillow justice seems seems harsh. Yeah, there's a whole generation of people that need to be killed before boomers. <laughs> uh, uh, Cephas. We're just gonna leave it at that. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, you read that one, didn't you? Yeah. Janique was stunning and brave. Listening to you for five years, I've come to the conclusion is blonde is to be trusted with movie reviews and Matt for titty reviews. P.S. Matt and I once made love. He ate shit but didn't die. Hippie boomers die. Well, as long as I'm trusted for the uh, important things, I appreciate that. She does have excessive nipple size. I, I'll, I'll, get, I'll grant you that. You're conceding the point on on what's her face from Amadeus that her her areolas are too large. They are excessive. All right. Uh, and I'm not saying this. I it almost got me. Right. Ein, like Ayn Rand. Sex S E. C-H-S. Uh, Matt and I once made love. He left one deposit in his office, one in the garage and one in his house, but don't worry, it's super secure despite the complete lack of supervision. At least he didn't make a giant sculpture of the act. Indeed. That's a big game, man. <laughs> Plum Logan. Dems will happily throw Biden under the bus if it paves the way for prosecution of Trump and other deep state insurance plan. But I don't know that this, we talked about it excessively. I don't know that this is really going to help their case. I don't know. I, I, of all the theories, at least if we're going to go beyond uh, face value, that's the theory that I buy, that this is actually in service to the pending prosecution of Trump, that that is know. its purpose. Daniel Yeager, Matt, have you thought about reaching out to Attorney General Denise George? I was thinking a stream with Viva Fry Barnes, Rakita, Miss George telling her story is hit piece worthy. I would uh, I would love to, although I'm sure she is not allowed to talk about that at all. But if you have information otherwise, and perhaps I will uh, put my lovely uh, lovely's a weird adjective to use to describe him. My diligent assistant on the case to see if he can track down uh, 
Denise George. Denise George is the former attorney general now fired recently of the Virgin Islands. Mm-hmm. She brought that big case against JP Morgan Chase saying, hey, you guys basically facilitated the Epstein uh, the Epstein Island sex trafficking operation. And then she got fired got fired. Yeah. And uh, she's not allowed to say anything. But if if she is, in fact, allowed to say anything, I would love to hear her side of the story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So perhaps uh, has I'll she see been if speaking can, to anybody. I've not seen a, a single word from her. And I imagine that uh, if, if she's not dead, they'll make her dead if she says a damn thing. Oh, they'll Epstein her. Ironically, um. Phil, never to be content with politicians, never be content with politicians like Kevin McCarthy, no matter what they, they give you demand more. They make you demand more. Is that what he means? Never give them the benefit of the doubt that GOP voters attitude toward their rep should be. Fuck you. Pay me. Right. Yeah. He's saying no matter what they give you, you should demand, demand more. more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 with anyone that I, I criticize harshly, oh, I want to be commas, Phil commas. <laughs> I had to read that five times. Okay. I want to be fair in, in offering uh, praise when they earn it. Uh, I, I also don't want to be over generous in offering praise simply for saying that you'll do something without actually doing it. And that's really all McCarthy has done at this point. I will do stuff. Trust me. I'm willing to give you a chance, but the, uh, the clock is ticking. And certainly I want to yeah. see some of these things happen within absolutely the next few weeks or months or else I don't believe you. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Polaris. Okay, Matt and I made love under the MLK Jr. statue. As I remarked, it's actually a statue of me holding Matt's sizable member. Okay. It's it's in honor of me, huh? That's a big game, man. John D., when will this clown world be satisfied? Is Fetterman not enough? Now it needs a Harris presidency. I know. Let's just just go full Fetterman. If if, uh, Biden has to be pushed out, just allow Fetterman to... I love it to become president. That, that's fitting. Full, never go full retard. Uh, Logan or we need to bring back the wearing of. Ye- mm. <laughs> oh, Logan. Okay. The, the way to get us to say it is like slide it under, you know, uh, Eric Burns, Martians. I can't send a trillion dollar platinum point in super chat. This will have to do. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I, you know, the, the way it's going, a trillion dollars is going to be, uh, you know, enough to buy a loaf of bread soon. So yeah, I look really to. appreciate that. I, one of the things I didn't, I scratched from tonight's show cause it's broken record material mostly, but did you see that the inflation rate is down to like 6.5%? It's not down. Yeah. It's not down. Yeah. Bitcoin rallied. Uh, I did see that. So, um, you know, uh, only 10 more rallies until I break even. <laughs> Daniel Yeager. Yeah. Uh, Kosh Patel mentioned that his this whole classified document saga is orchestrated by Susan Rice with an assist from the old friend of the show, Eric C. Marshmallow. Mm. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, whatever happened to him? I'm pretty sure you can say it now, Eric Charmella. Can't you say his name these days? He didn't get whacked. We would have heard about that. Yeah. Uh, you want to take over? I'm going to uh, look sure. up Bitcoin. Sure. Hillbilly part. Deluxe says, Jedediah looks like he should be serving soy lattes at the local coffee shop. Yeah. Well, we'll see if Jedediah is able to rescue that marriage. Godspeed. John says, spreading all those January 6th truths at a memorial event, it amazed me how far those seniors had to bend to make you out to be the bad guy. The demented, (laughs) I'm wearing the mask to protect you lady is classic Karen. She was my favorite at the event. Uh, She was the worst, maybe. uh, Yeah, she went after both of us. Yeah. You're a very, very silly person. I know. You told me many times. You're J- silly? What kind of insult is that? That's <laughs> J- what you tell a child. Yeah. Well, she called me a child, too. 
She said, your free speech has to be factual. I said, okay, what well, wasn't factual? Oh, child, so much of what you said is bullshit. And I said, don't insult me. She said, when did I insult you? I said, you just call me a child. <laughs> oh, relative to me, everyone's a chump. I don't care. Yeah. I don't need your titles. I should have said, shut up, you old bitch, since we're doing this. <laughs> since we're doing this, yeah. What time are you dying? <laughs> what is that? It's got to be soon, anyway. It's ischemic stroke o'clock. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening to the show, silly person grandma. We can have another uh, attempt Eh, at a civil conversation. Jeff Sloat says, good evening, blonde. After Matt is suicided by AARP, you should replace him with Garand Thumb. He's a gun YouTuber who also enjoys flannel shirts like Matt. Have you ever seen him? I haven't. There's no replacing Matt. Uh, Without Matt, the show doesn't get done. One, because I don't know how to do anything. And I just don't feel like making another business relationship slash friendship with anybody else. So if Matt gets AARP, uh, Beauty and the Beta, Matt and Blonde Show, it's over forever. Well, thank you for your honesty. Although I think you would approve of this of this guy. Uh, I don't I I am not incredibly familiar with his channel. What's but his I've name? Jarend? Uh, Garand Thumb is his YouTube name. I forget his yeah. real name, but uh, but his channel name is Garand Thumb and it's gun content and good gun t- gun t- uh, content, by the way. Um, oh, but, he's a huge channel. Yeah, it's uh, one of the bigger gun channels. And uh, if he likes flannel, he's he's a okay by me. But he also likes uh, the classic American rifle, so that's good too. Uh, I think he's a. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure he's a military veteran and all that. So seems like a good guy. Ryan Hess says, uh, I love you, Matt. I love you a lot. I love you so much, Matt. You're pretty cool too, blonde. But I love Matt to an unhealthy degree. Lord help me. <laughs> seriously though thank you for all you do well thank you ryan and uh all the best to you act and queer appreciate it wicked masshole says what do you think about house rhinos in ohio teaming up with democrats to keep Derek marin or marin the real conservative running for speaker out i think it's uh a good thing because they expose themselves and will get primaried even with short-term loss, you have actually broken news to me. I do not I know. Literally, do not know this. Anything about the politics of the Ohio State House? My apology. But um, if it's another one of these episodes, like perhaps what we saw with Kevin McCarthy, where you get a clear split among people who believe in maintaining the status quo ostensibly to achieve some fantastic new result that we have no reason to believe will happen, and people who are prepared to stand on the principles on which they campaigned, if you get that sort of clear distinction um that's a win uh, as far as i'm concerned i i think there was a a lot of value in the federal speaker fight so perhaps even if you don't get the speaker that you want perhaps there's some value yeah. in this one too though again i'm just speculating i don't know i've never heard the name Derek marin in my life until now so <laughs> max says getting biden out with uh, with the same thing to get Trump seems like two birds. So both sides get something they think they want it could be something like that too maybe uh, if you're a believer in the um well, just the concept of these deep state ideas or the uniparty or that there's kind of a unified force concentrated in D.C. that likes you to believe that there are two opposing parties. But really, it's just one group of people who yeah. give you the illusion of fighting while they maintain power. Maybe maybe this is in pursuit of that, that you can give the impression some sort of impression that uh, that ousts your enemies while you uh, maintain the power. That's kind of uh, a smooth want play, wouldn't it be? Yeah, maybe. Let's see. I had to reload. So where did I leave off? Go Georgia. The oh, yeah, show okay. is predictive programming. President Harris. Not so funny now. Hmm. 
don't know. I've never seen the show. Hilarious. I've heard it's good, but the I don't. It's weird that I, almost always I hate political fiction. Like I hate House of Cards, even oh, though yeah. it's not supposed to be funny. I get this show supposed to be funny. Almost all political fiction I hate. And you would think I, I would like it, but I don't. I hear you. Trying to think of one example. Even like Mr. Smith goes to Washington or something. I guess I haven't watched that since like the eighth grade. Maybe I'd like it now. Jeez, you're right. I can't think of a single one where I was into it. Have you ever seen that show, Madam Secretary? That show's the worst. No, what is it? It's That sounds like a Hillary Clinton documentary, but it's not. It basically is. No. Okay, Bob's House of Beef. I don't, I don't know why I made that face. It's the great conundrum. I want freedom to live my life while others exercise theirs to control me. Do you think we can ever get back mm. to a healthy balance? Um, I think it's become so unbalanced that the effort required to return to a balance is just too Herculean. Like, I don't think people can stomach it. Like I saw this thing on Joe Rogan's uh, Joe Rogan put it on Instagram talking about if you were born in 1900, what your life would have been like, like what you would have lived through. If you live to be 85, it's like you know, the great depression, multiple world 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 wars. You would yeah. die like a, a little while after Vietnam um like the things that they lived through those people had more grit like more ability to readily engage in defensive of course violence against uh tyrants we don't have any of that like i know some friends that have done some some you know tours in the middle east and have seen some shit but like the average american millennial has not seen shit in their yeah. life and they don't wouldn't even know what to do uh, I, in that situation, I include myself in that group, by the Me way, too. And, yeah. and I will fully acknowledge that I think. Um, but I think your point is correct that into the, to the theme of the chat, that is, we have this dilemma. I want freedom to live my life. Others are trying to exercise their control of me. What is the solution to that? That doesn't necessarily violate the principles of unjust or illegitimate control. It's making sure that the penalties for breaching that agreement are understood and frankly severe that if yeah. you come for my rights or the rights of my community or the rights of my family, you will be punished. Yeah, you will totally. uh, enjoy a big bird costume and we'll throw tomatoes at your face while you're in the pillory. Those, those sorts of things. I, I'm not advocating these things in general. What I'm saying is if you threaten or actively abuse others, consequences must happen. And in general, whether it's because we're weak as a, a group of people now or because we didn't see these abuses as clearly because they're so slow and incremental, we have failed to impose those consequences. Uh, but they need to come back. We need to get some of that colonial spirit in terms of uh, defending our rights with vigor. And um, easier said than done because now we have an entire federal spying apparatus right. to make sure that we're not even free to talk about that. You know, the last public execution by guillotine in France was in like the 70s or something like that. Look how quickly Whoa. it went downhill after that. I'm I'm shocked that up. it was that recent. Yeah. Hold on. Let me look this up. I, I feel like I'm lying. Last. Will you read a few? Yeah. Fractal Insights says, quote, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. John Adams, of course, is the quote. And uh, I, I think it's a, a profound statement. The idea being that if if you have people who have no moral authority, no moral guidance that tells them how to behave in the right and the wrong way, freedom is not of any value because it's just freedom to abuse each other without any consequences. You have to be governed 
the ideal is to be governed by a moral framework higher than yourself, as in God, as in faith in some something like that. If you're not, well, then government has to fill that gap. And thus, thus you have this intrusive government that we're seeing today because people decide how they're going to behave and what the definitions of right and wrong behavior are according to what government says, not according to what God or some moral framework says. And that's how you get a lot of the disaster that we're seeing today. Um, 1977 in France. Correct. What was the crime? Uh, he was a Hamid serial killer, Tunisian serial killer. Wow. And it was, was public. He was an immigrant, no less. Yeah. How and look how quickly things went down downhill in France. You want to tell me that that's unrelated hmm. to stopping public ex- execution? That's um within our parents' lifetimes. You know, it's, uh, that's it's not awesome. long ago. A dime short says blessings to both you and your families. Keep up the great work on my favorite Sunday or Monday show. Well, thank you for keeping us in operation. I appreciate it very much. And of course, blessing to you and your family. Knuckle hunky buck. I said it successfully. The first try. Uh-huh. free men don't ask for tax stamps for pieces of plastic. Correct. Oh. Uh, the fact that we already have to do that anyway is uh, is an affront to our rights as far as I'm concerned. But yeah. yeah, that's what we're talking about is 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 fine-tuned assessments of what shape of plastic that is on the end of that gun and certain shapes shapes of plastic are fine have been for years (laughs) other shapes of plastic get your dog shot yeah and now they're now they're trying to say that pretty much all shapes of plastic will get your dog shot but even if they were successful in this the question is is what is the next crackdown or what's the next way to get around the regulations that they've established because you know that's going to happen I always love the become ungovernable memes. You see those around it's just yeah. like someone doing something in a dissident way that sometimes it's purely innocent, but it's still become ungovernable. This time it was, you know, build your short AR and on the end of the buffer tube. So where you'd put the stock, just cut up a tennis ball. Like you'd put on the a, a old man's Walker, just put yeah. a tennis ball on the end of the buffer tube so that you can shoulder it with the tennis ball. Oh, man. I've become ungovernable. That's how the civil war is going to be fought with tennis yep. ball stock tennis ball. ARs. <laughs> perfectly legally compliant <laughs> all right who was the last one eric burns Marsh. yeah mr stolen lumberjack valor between scotus ruled civil forfeiture legal and Kalo versus new london connecticut property rights are dead yeah the uh we certainly have some work to do in restoring them i would uh i would grant that premise for sure um so we have more than just defeating this atf rule pursuant to that but but man if this one goes through is it another affront to that value it's just like there's well, no way right i gotta think the chance of it surviving a court challenge even if like i gotta think that the chance of it surviving low-level federal courts is is narrow but if they appeal it all the way to the supreme court i don't based on what the supreme court has already done with uh administrative agencies and with gun rights in particular i, I don't think this stands but um, but maybe, I mean, I, again, it, there's a, there's a problem of what this means as a matter of law, but there's a problem with administrative agencies having the balls to do it in the first place. And that's a, totally. that's a question that's yeah. answered outside of the courts. Uh, they should be way too scared of us to even propose this chimp in a bow tie. Matt nation of Islam is not Islam. It's purely jogger supremacy. Blacks are divine and whites are creation of a scientist. Hmm. Founder is due to return on a spaceship and train car, the white race. Um, Okay, I mean, uh, unholy alliance. We can unholy alliance these people. <laughs> Are right? they? I, I I don't know much about the Nation of Islam, but I guess 
I maybe I assumed incorrectly that they're Islamic. It's like Antifa claims to be anti-fascist, but one might say they are. Right. They are not. Um, Nation of Islam, though, they they they. Uh, it says they're a religious organization, but I don't yeah. care if black people are black supremacists, though. Promoting a form of Islam. Hmm. I mean, that doesn't bother me, right? I, 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 I take no offense to that. I mean, they, they shouldn't want to subvert any other um, racial consciousness. But outside of that, no, I, I, don't, I don't particularly care. Unholy Alliance now. And they also are black segregationists. So they're supremacists and they're segregationists and they promote black autonomy, like cultural autonomy, business autonomy. Hmm. Why would any white person not support that? I guess I guess I got to brush up on my nation of Islam philosophy. I have to. I don't know. Ignorance. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure that there, yeah. there are a lot of crazies in there. Um, well, uh, you know, Malcolm X, uh, great dude, really onto a lot of things. They claim to be Jewish. That's just hilarious, though. Is that the uh, black Hebrew Israelite thing? Yeah. Uh, um, uh, fat hooligan. Up next. Yeah, I'll take a couple. Uh, hey, guys, have you had a chance to watch Razorfist video entitled Abraham Lincoln, American Dictator? Eye-opening stuff. Wondering if you had any opinions on the type of leader Lincoln really was. I well, haven't, but I'm going to watch it tonight. It sounds like it's uh, something I should check out because I, I think Razorfist uh, is, is, you know, does good analytical pieces, obviously. And as we mentioned earlier... I think that a lot of a lot of sort of um, characters of history, we get a very skewed presentation of. And this isn't to villainize Lincoln or something like that. But I think that Lincoln violated a lot of principles that I would uh, that I would want to uphold that you you can say simultaneously, for example, that slavery is a moral wrong and that we should not do that. However, it is also a very important principle that we not erase the divisions of authority between the federal government and the state government. And that simply forcing the states to do things that they do not want to do or don't want to do in the way that you're prescribing, that there's a moral wrong in that too. That's a debatable point. Um, and, and I'd be happy to have that debate, but I think that Lincoln's opposition to the principles of federalism are a worthy criticism and and should be considered uh, whether or not he's uh, he's a dictator or a tyrant i'm not keen enough on the specific history to to offer titles like that but i bet razor fist is and i should probably check that out i'm gonna bookmark that robin d Banks says sorry so late matt and i once made love we were really <laughs> we were enthusiastic and then Matt said, hey, wait a minute. It turns out it was a huge pile of secret documents in a random Corvette that you said was in your car. Well, <laughs> uh, thank you, Robin. I appreciate it. But you broke the number one rule. You don't apologize for supporting the show. Never, never, apologize. ever do it. Thank you, Robin. Phil says, give it up. MLK had no redeeming qualities. I had a dream speech, which just propaganda to get whites to deconstruct their society. We could have had a nice country otherwise. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> to Phil's point, uh, I, I often hear it debated today. What would MLK say about a lot of current problems? Yeah. When we look at, he gives the speech, he says that content of character is the most important. You shouldn't judge people by their their group characteristics, judge the individual based on content of character. That's all people do these days. Would, uh, let's say that he was here today and he looked at a lot of black lives matter stuff and a lot of current politics. 
would he be a proponent of or an opponent of a lot of this left wing progressivism? And I, I find that to be a, a really interesting debate. And I know that rhetorically, it seems like he would be opposed. That if yeah. you if you take a look at just the, the script of I have a dream, it seems like he would be opposed. Is that how it would play out? I don't know. It's counterfactual. Never have the answer. But I just wonder. I wonder if. That's another thing about about King is he is he is treated as so. He's just so uncontroversially worshipped, I suppose, that everyone wants to claim him as their own ideologically because to oppose King is to commit some sort of, uh, you know, it's to it's to commit wrong think. It's to commit uh, an ideological crime. You can't do that. So everyone wants to claim King as ideologically theirs. I just wonder where he would stand. How would he diagnose today's political problems? And would he be the kind of guy that is, in fact, in favor of government force to solve everything? I don't know. I mean, um, the the average black person in America doesn't recognize people by the content of their character. I don't think. I don't know. Would I, he recognize that? Would he? Would he? Um, at least I, let's talk about these radicalized black people. Yeah, I was. Gonna, I, I think that's probably an overbroad statement, but uh, maybe ironically blacks. so. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, a specific ideological subset. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But would he recognize that, or would he um, be towing? the party line for like the greater good of the black community. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. Would he be mad about government dependence? Would he be mad about uh fatherless, the fatherlessness gang problems? I mean, some of this was an issue back in his day, but it's clearly gotten way worse. Yeah. Would, 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 would black identity be a, a sort of a defense as it is commonly used? Would he get on board with that? Or would he stick to this, to the principles of assessing the individual and say, I don't know, I see a lot of poor choices made by particular individuals in these circumstances that lead to the outcomes that they're experiencing. I would like to think it's the latter given the things that he said, but I only know the way that Martin Luther King is presented to me. And I only know the content of the most famous speech for all I know. A lot of those supposed principles would have gone out the door. I also know that even though I agree with the concept of judging the individual, the legal legacy of that of the civil rights movement has a lot of problems and i don't necessarily mean that the government should be discriminating against people based on identity group or race i oppose that but what i do mean is we have used that as the premise to impose all sorts of other rules on private association and private business that you must and to do virtually this and eliminate one. meritocracy and it's yeah. created tremendous cultural problems also sure so to yeah. To pretend that there are no flaws that came out of that particular movement, I think, is a, is, a, is a drastic overstatement, too. I think that that movement, a lot of the premises in that movement, to, I don't want to dismiss the fact that they achieved individual rights in many ways that are good, especially in your relationship with government. But they also imposed restrictions on individual rights that are negatives and that are violations of our constitutional rights, in my opinion. And just the moral values of your right to association and and your right to uh, you know, run your business how you see fit, associate with the people you see fit, hold the opinions. The implications that you want to of hold. the of the civil rights um, movement, especially from a legal perspective, were fairly obvious. Like they had to know, unless they lack future orientation, that this was going to happen. Yeah, uh, I, to Phil's point was was this uh, was a lot of this stuff authentic or was it sort of a cloak? Was it sort of a smokescreen? I'm fairly confident that MLK would be blaming Whitey these days. We'll have to see what his opinion on the tasing in LA was. When I die, I'll be like, Jesus, no, I I have to talk to MLK. I'll get back to you. Let me get back to you. Yeah. 
I got to reload. All right. Uh, Xander says, thank you, Phil. Xander says, Illinois is such a clown state. Every day they are, there are headlines of felons being released to commit crimes with guns. Gun laws are only mean are only meant rather to prosecute law abiding citizens. I have uh, no doubt they will start prosecuting those law abiding citizens very soon. If the courts don't stop them, we'll see how that goes. Thank you, Xander. Jason takes says sounds like a concerted effort to force the Supreme court to strike down several law, uh, gun laws next mass shooting. They will call to stack the court. Well, that's, that's a deep level theory that they want the Supreme court to, uh, to strike all these things down. And then um, when they, when they get the mass shooting that they always want to politicize, Oh, see the Supreme court is the obstacle between us and safety. So we have to radically reform the court. That would be um, several pieces ahead in the, or several steps ahead, several moves ahead in the uh, proverbial game of chess. Yeah. But maybe, I don't know. The, the only conspiracy theory is accepting everything at face value these days. <laughs> Knuckle Hunky exactly. Buck says Keenan was scheduled to start turning his life around the very next day. <laughs> he did a, a bunch of coke and weed to celebrate, uh, to celebrate it's that new, when police death, tased yeah. him to death. It, 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 yeah. It, tomorrow was the day. Uh, Semperad Meliora says, uh, FYI, cannabinoids are not cannabis in human psychoactive cannabinoids produce euphoria enhancement of sensory perception, uh, tachycardia, uh, Atino, a teen, these are advanced uh, they must multi-syllable have, words Atinos, they must uh, have met uh, uh, cannabis difficulties in concentration they use the word cannabinoids mm. and so I'll look for a, a, a definition here any of a group of closely related compounds which include cannabal and the active constituents of cannabis well that, but that would be weed right mm. cannabis Here's a from the ever trustworthy NIH, Fauci's NIH, cannabis, marijuana and cannabinoids. What you need to know is marijuana the same thing as cannabis. People often use the words cannabis and marijuana interchangeably, but they don't mean the exact same thing. The word cannabis refers to all products derived from the plant. Uh, and it's got the Latin or the, the scientific name. The cannabis. Okay. I might have to do, I might have to punt on this point because there's a lot of paragraphs with a lot of technical terms. Uh, cannabinoids are a group of substances found in the cannabis plant. So maybe closely, excuse me, closely related, but not the exact same thing. Anyway, he did drugs. He did drugs. (laughs) Thank you for uh, the point of specificity. And of course, we're supporting the show. Eric Burns March says, Matt, I apologize for the harsh tone in my previous super chat. I'm a Gen Xer frustrated over the erosion of rights in my lifetime and the, and the Vikings fan who will never understand throwing a three yard pass on a must make fourth and 10. Well, again, Eric, you're committing the one you're breaking the rule. The one rule you can't break in the chat, which is apologizing for supporting the show, but I will uh, allow it. And thank you for your support. Um, yeah. As far as that, I, I, I honestly thought, I wonder if Kirk cousins, thought it was third down and not fourth down because that was the most preposterous final play on fourth and eight season on the line. I won't bore blonde anymore, but if you are a football person, watch the final play in the Vikings game. What the hell is he doing? Did he think it was third down? (laughs) Robert pickles, pickles, nickel. Hey Matt, favorite part of Montana for vacation. Well, of course I'm biased to the particular area in which I live. The, um, the old activists, notwithstanding, but Bozeman and Big Sky, I think, are are awesome. I I hope I have the privilege of living here for the rest of my life. If they don't price Aww. me out of this place, uh, and they don't make it a, a hellhole, they're well on their way politically. But for now, it's really great. Um, 
so I would uh, I would recommend both of those places. You got um, if you're into skiing and snowboarding, you got Big Sky. If you're into national parks, you got Yellowstone. If you're into just mountain recreation at all, uh, it has pretty much everything you could want. Great fishing. If you're into uh, river fishing, it's excellent for that. Uh, and just uh, as far as like a historic mountain west town, it's very cool for that reason too. But that's not uh, a runner up. I would say the Flathead Lake area, Whitefish, very cool. Um, stay out of Missoula and <laughs> the Beartooth Mountains south of Billings are also very cool. Very pristine, uh, pristine wilderness out there. Uh, really awesome place. If you're, if you're interested in backpacking or mountain climbing or just like getting lost in timeless American wilderness, Beartooth Mountains are a great place to do that. Plus one of the greatest drives in the country, the Beartooth Pass between uh, Billings and Yellowstone that's open in the summer. One of the most incredible like TV ad mountain drives you could ever, you could ever see. It's a really cool spot. I've heard Missoula's fine. Um, I mean, it's the Portland of Montana. But at this at this pace, Bozeman's going to become the Portland of Montana. Yeah, really. So <laughs> you don't have long. I'm not a fan of Missoula, but that said, I'd rather live in Missoula than like a coastal urban center. You know. Yeah. Knuckle Hunky Buck says Mike Hawkins side harassment. Uh, she wouldn't sit right for a couple days. Is this about what's what's the, Mike Hawkins is the is the football guy with the hoax hate? Yeah. What's the I don't I don't I don't follow the. I'm botching one of Knuckle Hunky Buck's legendary jokes. What am I not getting here? Uh, my Cox side harassment. She wouldn't sit right for a couple days. I missed it. This one's over my head. I'm sure I bungled it. My apology, Knuckle Hunky Buck. I did not mean to do that. Kim says MLK Day is one of those quote unquote oh, holidays. My cock's inside. Ah. Right? Okay. Something. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's too clever for us. He's outsmarted us once again. Got it. I'm sorry, Knuckle Hunky Buck, but I appreciate it. Kim says MLK Day is one of those quote unquote holidays where it makes sense not to work. Well, enjoy your day off, Kim. Holden Mulray says, hi, Truth Seekers. We're less than one week away from the critical date of January 20th, the 50-yard line. But more importantly, what is the best fast food burger? Cheers and God bless. Um, I would I would say the best burger. I'm not. A, I actually don't eat burgers a ton. But if I do, uh, the aforementioned Five Guys, I think, is pretty legit. Got to hand it to Five Guys. I love a good In-N-Out burger. Um, Rogers in Idaho is good. And then um, I think that's it. Am I missing somebody? Out of the like, I've heard Whataburger is really good. I've never been there. Out of the major chains, I mean, like the nationwide giant chains, like your McDonald's, your Burger King, I would rank Wendy's the highest out of those. I always get a spicy chicken sandwich there. Yeah, I got to go check that out. Uh, Regrettably, the Popeye's nearest me has closed down. Oh, no. And so the spicy chicken sandwich is no longer available. However, Chick-fil-A is opening in Billings like this week. So am I going to drive like two hours just to go get Chick-fil-A? Eventually. Oh, White Castle. Ah. White Um, Castle. So I'll have to go check out the the spicy chicken sandwich at at Wendy's. Thank you. Um, Desmond's up next if you want to take over. Tomorrow's a big day. Happy National Fig Newton Day. <laughs> Is that legit? I got to look that up. Thank you for letting me know. Um, President Meg Tama Blonde, serious smoke show tonight. Thank you. You know what it is? 
I did my colors online so that I can stop wearing colors that are inappropriate for my skin tone, eye color, and hair color. And it's actually really helped my level oh, of attractiveness, which you. is nose diving because I can't go outside and the baby. It's just, it's all a thing. I so. am feeling particularly pale midwinter yeah. now. It's like, holy cow, I got to find a way to get some sun eventually. Yeah. Somebody just said, didn't Blonde wear this shirt within the last two shows? Yes, I've worn yeah. this shirt. Because it's the only shirt that matches my colors now. Because I got my colors. Now. Uh, um, okay. It's it's legit, by the way. National Fig Newton Day. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, tomorrow. And also, Matt, my wife is pleased you didn't Blade Runner pirates. Ah. <laughs> well, Blade Runner deserved to be Blade Runnered. Blade Runner is uh, it's its own, <sighs> it's its own category of crap. Thank you for. Hell, Billy Dogs. According to Luke Rudkowski. On Tim Pool's show, 2024 Dem contender will be the Biden Fetterman ticket. It's a, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> um, a little alto low. Other than the CPI, what economic releases should one look out for? Um, also hear about the Chinese Navy building a military base in Argentina. Ha, that's suspicious. Did not hear that. And I can't claim to be an economic expert, but the one metric that I keep paying attention to, obviously the inflation rate is important and the, uh, the feds interest rate is going to be important, but I, as a measure of how well we're going to recover for the average Joe and how much stuff we're making and how many services providing. The one thing they never talk about anymore is the labor force participation rate. Yes, how many people I know. are working and, and Biden will constantly it's the say most important. Don't even look at the unemployment rate. Well, the unemployment rate yeah. within the context of the labor force participation rate matters. But yeah, that was the index I was going to mention. They still Biden will constantly talk about jobs having recovered from pre pandemic levels. That doesn't, it's not that that's irrelevant, but what is more relevant is the percentage of people actually working. And we have not returned to the percentage we were at before Corona. We are still below yeah. that. There are fewer yeah. people, millions, fewer people working today than there were back in late 2019. And that is a huge difference maker for everything. Like, obviously, the the federal government's monetary policy matters in terms of inflation and how much we pay for all this stuff. But the fact that we have fewer people making things also contributes to the shortage, uh, shortages of all sorts of things that we're seeing to the costs of things. When we have, when we're making less stuff, providing less services, we have a, a lower supply of those things. And as the population increase demand stays still at best or actually increases. So we've got to get people working and labor force mm -hmm. participation rate is the way to measure that. Um, last one for me, I might have to relive the fractal insights. I encourage everyone to check out Dr. Frederick Graves work and his website, how to win in court without a lawyer. The system isn't broken. We just don't know how to use it. Hmm. That sounds important. Dr. Frederick Graves. Okay. I'll need to Represent yourself. You say it's a dangerous game. Well, Daryl Brooks tried that can. in Kenosha. It didn't work out well, but I got to think I have a better chance than Daryl Brooks. However, if I'm so did Ted Bundy and he really didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> A few steps here or there, maybe. <laughs> if I'm brought uh, to federal court on charges of uh, unlawful pistol brace uh, possession, which is not the case, any feds listening to this, um, I'll have to think about my defense strategy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, unlawful moist. piece of plastic possession. I hope that's what the charge is when they, when they come up. Um, moist farts. <laughs> what is the Vikings playoff victory? Come on. Come on, man. I can't read that. <laughs> what the f <laughs>
Oh my god, bro! He's speculating that mo- that a few things didn't happen. One of them uh-huh. being a Vikings playoff victory, which did not happen. Uh, I will yep. grant that. Uh, I, what are you, a uh, Vikings playoff win denier? <laughs> uh, uh, Eric Burns, Marsha, I recommend skipping Montana. Go to Idaho ste- uh, instead. It has better shopping. Why am I? Shopping. I don't even really like it here. I don't know why I'm like. Shopping? I mean, I'm not an Idaho hater, but you don't come to either state for the shopping. It matters. We're I mean, consumers. I guess it's kind of nice, but uh, you don't want to like. If you're coming to either state for the shopping, it's like you're missing the best part of either state. You know, stay in, uh, stay in the urban centers for that. I think we're all um, caught up. Anyway, thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. Uh, I got, I got a refresh going, but uh, you don't see anything additional, do you? Nope. Looks like we're good. Anything else before we get out of here? No. Thanks, well. Thank you guys, as always, for hanging out with us this evening. It is much appreciated. Thank you for your super chats. Thank you for your jokes in the chat. Thank you for contributing to the show during the live broadcast. If you're listening later on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. And if uh, you're looking for more to listen to, if you can't get enough, there's additional content over on the audio platforms linked in the description and on the website on the podcast page, Matt Christensen Media. Dot com. You can listen back to the call-in show replays. You can listen back to some of Blonde's interviews. Another one coming with Peter McCullough uh, this week on Wednesday. All sorts of stuff you can find there. Uh, speaking of anything else show-related, head on over to the website. That's where you find it, mattchristensenmedia.com. We will be back next Sunday. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not me. The press it is. The Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night.